Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode five of the Third and 20 Dynasty podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in. We're here to discuss the upcoming games this week five and reviewing last week's. And uh, we've got Jake and JT here. How are you guys? I'm good. Glad to have you back this week, Loon. Yeah, I was out. I had like a COVID absence. <laughs> no, <laughs> no he's, he's fine for everyone listening. He was fine. <laughs> How are you, JT? I saw you at the Titans practice facility. Yeah, I was, I, I was <laughs> at their secret practice. <laughs> I, was, I was at the players only practice. Me and Tannehill linked up. <laughs> okay, we'll get, we'll get to um, some of the quick reviews from last weekend's games and the 10 words or less segment for week four. Uh, Jake, yeah. you know with this? Yeah, here we go. So this is reviewing week four. This game was forever ago um at this point but it was jets broncos on thursday night football last week my 10 words is melvin runs all over jets patrick breaks out Fent hurt yeah um to start with the broncos melvin gordon's looked good this year like i i wasn't expecting that great of a season from this year and we'll have to see how philip Lindsay coming back affects him because obviously philip Lindsay's talented also but 23 carries for 107 and two rushing touchdowns along with two more receptions, only for 11 yards. But still, he's, he's looked good this year. He's been kind of like a, if someone was able to buy him cheap last offseason. I know a lot of people are low on him after going to Denver. But he's looked good. And the next thing I took from it is Judy is going to be a beast. I don't know if you guys um, saw that touchdown catch he had. Mm-hmm. He just completely mossed the corner. But that was impressive. And he's doing this with their third-string quarterback because originally it was going to be Driscoll. So right now they have uh, Ripian, Ripian, I don't know. But Drew Locke should be back in this weekend or next weekend's games. I always started to practice a little bit this week. So when he gets back, I'm excited to see Judy. Yeah, uh, I think you covered the Broncos side really well. The only other part I'd add is, uh, as Jake said, Fant is hurt. Um, I think it doesn't seem like it's going to be a long-term injury. Probably this week he won't be in. Um, I think he'll probably be back the following week, if not the week after. then on the flip side, the Jets, um, Sam Darnold looked really good on the first run, the first drive. Um, then, you know, next drive he gets hurt and everyone thinks he's not going to be able to finish out the game. He comes back in, uh, you know, leads the Jets to as good as they could be. And then it comes out that he won't be playing this week with a shoulder injury. Um, if I was Sam Darnold, I would milk that injury and just not tank my not value because of how bad that team is. Um, the wide receiving group is a mess. Um, I think Brashari Perryman probably still won't play this week. Um, I don't think we're getting Denzel Mims this week either. I think, is he still on IR? I think he might be. Yeah, he's still out. Yeah. So it's just, and then running backs, I think Le'Veon did come off IR this week, but even so, it's just the entire offense is just something I want to avoid. And I wouldn't really be looking to buy anyone. Even Darnold, I'd be afraid to buy low on. Yeah, I think the only player I'd feel somewhat comfortable with is like a flex player wide receiver three is Crowder when he's healthy. But besides that, I, I don't trust anyone on this offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Jets offense is pretty brutal. Um, they just can't get anything going consistently. I mean, Jeff Smith, I don't even know who he is, had a decent week this week. <laughs> yeah, um, came out of nowhere. The most generic uh, name ever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but on the – uh, Broncos side, Tim Patrick now has had two really nice games in a row. 
Um, I don't know if this is just, you know, Brett Rippian likes him or not, but he's put up good fantasy days in back-to-back weeks, getting four four receptions last week for 43 and a touchdown and six receptions this week for 113 and a touchdown. If he can continue to do this and solidify himself as that number two receiver in Denver right now with Sutton out, um, he could have some fantasy value moving forward. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, if if we're all good on that game. And quick comment, I, I don't know how a few like Denzel Mims, but he could be a potential buy low to owners, especially those who are like kind of not doing well this year if you're trying to buy cheap on a rookie. Um, if anyone else does have anything else to say, I'm good to move on to the next game. Yeah, so that next game we had was jaguars Bengals. And the words are, Mixon finally plays well, A.J. Green disappearing, Chark scores twice. Um, JT, you can start on the Jags if you want. All right, start with the Jags. Gardner Minshew, um, you know, they still lost, but he had a pretty nice fancy game. James Robinson still looking really good. He had 17 carries and four uh, receptions for 32 yards. Um, so he's still getting that tons of volume. Um, then... DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel have been looking pretty good for the Jags, actually. I kind of like the two receiving weapons. And honestly, I I think Chark's value is already pretty high and like where it is. But LaVisca Chanel might be a good buy currently. I know he's actually been performing pretty well the past uh, few weeks um, and to start the season. But you got to think about like if the Jags are still on this pace and they're one and three, like they – they are one of the teams that are favored to go out and get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Like imagine what this offense could be with like a, a more established quarterback, like LaVisca Chanel is someone that I have my eyes on currently. Um, and then if you're a contender, I think James Robinson is someone that now, you know, he's like established and you should want to go out and get him. I know, um, Ozigbo and Armstead are coming off IR, but at this point, it's Robinson's backfield to own. Yeah, he's looked surprisingly great. I was a doubter at the start of the year, but um, he, he's been great. He's been an RB1 this year in, like, a not amazing offense. So that's been very impressive. And I agree with you about Chanel. He looks really good, too. Um, on to Cincinnati side, Joe Burrow once again, another 300-yard passing game. He looks He looks great. He's – He's been a lot better in fantasy than I've expected already, just coming out of the gate as a rookie with a not great O-line. And uh, as Jake mentioned, Joe Mixon finally had his breakout game. He This game scored more fantasy points than he did weeks one through three combined. I think like 10 more. Um, <laughs> he like jumped from like running back like 35 to running back eight in the right yeah. <laughs> just based on points. Yeah, he just went off, which uh, I've always, and all of us have always believed in Mixon's talent. It's just being able to, for the O-line to get some holes for him. And the, the Jaguars don't have the best run defense. So this was kind of a good matchup for him. And hopefully Mixon owners kind of like starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in him because he's a talented running back. You don't want to sell low on him uh, per se. Um, but obviously this game, he just went off. And the thing I wanted to point to, uh, Boyd, ever since week one, has had at least seven catches and 70 yards in each of the games. It looks like he's been Burrow's security blanket, and he's a young receiver, so congrats if you had him. Um, T. Higgins has looked really good, but I'm going to talk about him more later. But the past two weeks, he's looked great. He's caught two touchdowns against the Eagles again yesterday. He had four catches for 77 yards. And just kind of going on to the last thing um, Jake said, it looks like he's kind of overtaken A.J. Green 
as that um, as that number two wide receiver behind Lloyd. Like AJ Green, I thought he would have a decent year. Um, so far on the season, he only has 14 catches for 119 yards, and it's not like he's missed games with injury or something. Um, so I don't know. I was honestly expecting him to look pretty good this year, but um, Joe Burrow looks like he just has a much better chemistry with the younger two receivers, and Higgins looks great so far, in my opinion. Yeah, T. Higgins is starting to really solidify himself as that number two in Cincinnati behind Tyler Boyd, who's looked fantastic. And I was a big Tyler Boyd fan heading into the year. I thought he was the receiver to own, and he's proving me right here. But uh, T. Higgins is definitely a, uh, a strong weapon, and I'm sure a lot of you went out and got him in probably the early second round of your rookie drafts this year, and you're very happy with him so far. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry to AJ Green owners. I don't know what to tell you. I expect I, I thought he would have a decent year, but it just one thing like I wouldn't good. be surprised to see is them actually trade AJ Green. I don't yeah. know, maybe the maybe the Packers or someone team like that that needs a wide receiver really badly, especially with Lazard getting hurt this week. But I don't know. I I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see them move AJ Green. Yeah, that, that's actually an interesting point because he is a free agent after this season. Um, but, yeah, that's all, that's all I had to cover for the game initially. Yep. So, moving on to Cowboys-Browns. Chubb gets hurt. Odell scores three. Dak has 500 yards. Yeah. Uh, I, can, I can go first for the Browns. Um, Baker Mayfield had a good game. I know he didn't have a lot of passing yards, but it's a run first team and he did everything they wanted him to do. This is going to be their kind of identity. Um, I'll talk about Chubb going down in a second, but he's just kind of being like a game manager for them, which he's been doing that real well. He was 19 of 30, 165 and two touchdowns. Um, and he did everything they asked him to do. Uh, the thing that stuck or the thing that was kind of notable for me, obviously the Nick Chubb injury, he's expected to be out four to six weeks. As long as he's how Kareem Hunt is a top eight running back, in my opinion. Um, he, he finished the game with 11 carries for 71 yards and two touchdowns. And it could have easily been more. They were giving some carries to the um, to Dernish Johnson. It could be a nice flex play some weeks, but I anticipate it to be Hunt for the majority of the time. He's still an extremely talented running back. Uh, you saw how he was in Kansas City. And now with the starting role to himself, he's going to be – He's congrats if you have him. He's going to be a top eight back as long as Chubb – yeah, as long as Chubb is hurt. And even when Chubb's back, he's a good uh, he's a good RB2 or flex play. And uh, the other thing that stuck out to me this game, uh, Odell Beckham, finally back. So, like, he, he finally had his good game. Uh, he had eight targets for five catches, 81 yards, two pass uh, – two receiving touchdowns, I mean. And then 73 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Uh, he, he's always to, um, roasted Dallas throughout his entire career going back to the Giants. And da- obviously Dallas's defense might be the worst defense in the NFL. Um, I'm interested. Hey, to see yeah, I think they're... Atlanta will have something to say about that one. Atlanta's <laughs> is really bad, but dude, Dallas, this is bad. Like this, they're averaging, allowing 36 and a half points per game. To this point, if you, if you have any receiver, uh, starting against the, starting against the Cowboys or even any running back. I would feel good about starting them. The The Browns had 307 rushing guards on the Cowboys without Kareem Hunt. I mean, without Nick Chubb for most of the second half. Um, so that, Most of the game, really. Yeah, pretty much most of the game. So they their defense is abysmal. But it was cool. It was good to see Odell Beckham starting to get back into his groove. 
Um, we'll see how it goes looking forward. This weekend, he does have a tough matchup. The coach defense has been great uh, so far this year, and they've been surprisingly good. So it'll be interesting to see how he does against a much better defense. But uh, Odell owners were, I'm sure, really happy with that performance. And the next thing, kind of one quick comment. I know he had a decent game this game. Austin Hooper um, – actually, no, sorry, sorry. Jarvis Landry, I said the wrong name. I'm sorry. Jarvis Landry may not be having the season owners wanted. You got to realize that this is a run first team. So it might reach the point where he's kind of touchdown dependent on the season. He has 17 catches for 191 yards. So you kind of got to know Odell's the number one receiver. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel confident in Landry. If you have to play him, you can play him, but I'm not super high on him for this year. while wow, Their offense is what it is. Yeah. So then moving on to the Cowboy side, uh, number one, Dak, 500 yards. Yeah. four touchdowns just incredible I mean you have to play like that <laughs> be able to keep up with how bad the Cowboys defense is and even then they still weren't able to win <laughs> that's how bad they are um I'm loving his matchup this week against the Giants this is a huge game for the Cowboys if they can't beat the Giants by 10 points like they need to beat the they need to kick in the Giants otherwise I have no faith in the Cowboys they were my Super Bowl team not Super Bowl winners, but they're going to be in the Super Bowl. And that's yeah, this, just, is your, this is your Super Bowl defense. Yeah. That's just, <laughs> it's worse than I could have. I mean, they're, yeah, there have already been a few injuries on both sides. The offensive line has been pretty banged up, and now the defense has some big injuries too. Um, but even so, I, I never would have imagined that the defense would be this bad, but here we are. Um, so Dak's Dak, obviously. He's very good. Uh, not, not a lot to say about him. Uh, Zeke. Something that was interesting, he had eight receptions. That's eight for eight on receptions. That's something of note, I think. You know, you, he's kind of been shot up near the top, like top two, I'd say, right now for this year um, as far as contending teams go because he's not injured and half the running backs currently are injured. So Zeke, Zeke's up there. I might even put him number one. I know McCaffrey's coming back soon, but just the durability that you get out of Zeke. Um, and then there's Kamara too. I don't know. I don't know. That's a discussion for a later time. Um, in wide receivers, though, uh, you know, Cooper and Lamb both had really good games. Lamb's been awesome. Um, I think what's important to note out of this, though, is it's starting to look more and more like Michael Gallup might be the wide receiver three. And while that's unfortunate, it's not necessarily a bad thing if <laughs> your quarterback's on pace to pass for, like, over 6,000 yards. So, like, <laughs> we all know he's not going to pass for over 6,000 yards, but this passing attack is pretty crazy, so I'd want a little piece of it where I could get it. Um, Dalton Schultz also had a, um, a really good fantasy game, but what I take from that is, man, I wish Blake Jarwin wasn't hurt, and I would like to yeah. see what Blake Jarwin could have done, because I, I, I think it, Blake Jarwin would have been a top, like a, a tight end one, close to the top half tight end one, uh, if he did not I guess even injury because Dalton Schultz is nothing special and he's putting up crazy numbers. Yeah, I completely agree with you. As a Gallup owner, uh, it's kind of tough right now. It is kind of concerning when your quarterback passes for over 500 yards and you still only end up with two catches for 29 yards. Um, but we'll see because he's a talented receiver. He's so young. He, he already had 1,100 yards last year. Like, you know, he's talented. He'd be a wide receiver one or two on most teams. So, I don't know what's going to end up happening with him, but I would just say he's a hold for right now because you, you have to know the talent. He's, he's an extremely talented receiver. Next thing I was going to point out, 
how highly would you rank CD Lamb in dynasty receivers right now? Is very he... highly. Very highly. Yeah. Um, like... I know they, the Cowboys just gave Amari Cooper a mega contract for as receivers go in the NFL. But uh, there's an out in that contract after not this years, year, yeah. not next year. Yeah, two years. And if CD is going to just produce like he's doing right now, I don't know why they would pay uh, Cooper that money, especially when, as JT said, Dak is earning every bit of what it looks like going to be over a $200 million contract. So I don't think they have the money to pay everyone. And I think Cooper could be that cap casualty. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to say, go, JT? Go ahead, Lewis. You go first. I was going to say, yeah, Cooper's having a great season this year. He's been a top five fantasy wide receiver. But um, but long term, yeah, like Jake said, they can't get out of his contract uh, in two years. And C.D. Lamb, for me, he's he's really up there for dynasty wide receivers to own. He already looks amazing. He's taken over that number two spot. And he's paired with Dak, who, like, you can you can debate how he is in real life NFL rankings, but fantasy wise, he he's a top five, top three probably fantasy quarterback. Um, and he's always going to be passing for a ton of yards, especially with that defense. And him and C.D. Lamb are already on the same page with everything. For him to be doing this as a rookie is insanely impressive. All right. I'm going to give you guys three wide receiver names, and you tell me if you'd rather have them or C.D. Lamb. Okay. So, in Dynasty. So, first one, Calvin Ridley. Jake, you can go first with this one. <laughs> mm, thanks, thanks. Just let me go first. But uh, this is tough. Ah, uh, give me Calvin Ridley. I mean, it, it's super close. Um, uh, and I don't know. I guess you could argue that Dak's younger than Matt Ryan, and they could potentially be playing together for more years. But that Atlanta team is just, at least for this year and next year, is going to be playing from behind a whole lot. And it seems that Calvin Ridley has taken over, not taken over, but definitely is a 1A to Julio Jones one when maybe even past Julio when they're both playing. So I'm going to take the established guy right now, just for now. Um, And he has more chemistry with uh, Matt Ryan and he's more established in the league than CD is. So that's what I'm going to go with for now. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean with what uh, Jake said. Jake, I'll take the first one for the next receiver. Don't worry. Uh, (laughs) But it's super close, which is only goes to show how high on um, how high on land we are, because obviously Calvin Ridley's been phenomenal this year. He's young. He looks like a complete stud this year. He's taken a huge jump. But that just goes to show how good Lamb is, because I'll take Ridley, but it's barely over Lamb. Like, Lamb has been insanely good. And he's doing this in his first four. Like, he had no OTAs, uh, no preseason, like a weird training camp. And he's doing this off the jump, a whole new offense. Uh, so, it's been insanely impressive. Yeah. All right. So, for these two, we could just do rapid fire then because we kind of covered what we feel about C.D. Lamb. Uh, yeah. D.J. Moore or C.D. CD Lamb? I, I really like D.J. Moore. I love him a lot. Uh, I think he's actually kind of a buy low for people this year. But Give me CD. Uh, I don't know what the Panthers quarterback situation is going to be in the future. If they're sticking with Bridgewater, or they're drafting someone, but I'll, I'd go with CD right now paired with Dak. Got to show some respect to my, my fellow Terp, but uh, it's CD Lamb here. Uh, DJ Moore's great, but CD has just 
proven in four games that he's going to put up better fantasy numbers. All right, and then last one, Chris Godwin or C.D. Lynn. I'm saying this is a Chris Godwin owner. I'm, I might like Godwin more for this year, but with Brady there, he's getting older, not passing for as many yards as Jameis did, and who knows what the quarterback situation is going to be after him. I think I'd lean C.D. Lamb. Again, I like Godwin more for this season, but long-term, I, I think C.D. Like, he's, he's that just – like, because I think the Cowboys are going to play Dak, so I, I think I'd lean him. I completely agree. Um, I was afraid of this. Uh, Buccaneers offense heading into the year. Um, I didn't think that Brady could put up the numbers to, you know, sustain the numbers that Godwin and Evans put up last year with Jameis. And I'm kind of being right, but it's hard to tell because uh, Godwin's been out the past few weeks. So Evans has looked pretty decent, but I'm going to lean CD here. I know that there's a lot of mouths to feed on both offenses here between Cooper, Gallup, and then Gronk and Evans and on Tampa Bay. But I'm going to lean CD. So it sounds like based on your guys' rankings, you have CD Lamb like right in the middle, like a mid-range wide receiver one, which is crazy to think about. But, yeah, yeah. everyone's loving CD. All right. We ready to move on? Yeah. Yeah. So the next game we got is Saints-Lions, and the words are AP gets most carries, Traquan scores twice, Kamara gets vultured. Uh, yeah, I can, uh, I can start with the Saints. Uh, Drew Brees had a good game this week. Uh, Kamara, even with being vultured for two touchdowns, still had, amazing, still had an amazing fantasy day. I wouldn't say full amazing, but he had a really good day. He's been the RB1 on the year. He had... 19 carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown, along with three more catches for 36 yards. So he's a great uh, – Traquan Smith's having a bit of a breakout year this year. He's performed well, and then last week he had 54 yards for and two touchdowns. I do want to see, though – and Emmanuel Sanders has started the year really rough with them. I remember that Monday night game against the Saints. He didn't do anything. When people were expecting him to have a good game with Michael Thomas out. Um, obviously, now Michael Thomas is coming back. So I don't know how those are going to sustain. I don't know if Kamara is going to get as many catches as he does every game. I don't know if Traquan Smith or Emmanuel Sanders, who's going to take the bigger dip between those two. So that'll be something to monitor because Michael Thomas is coming back. And you know, that's Drew Brees' main guy. He leads the catches. And never, um, he's led the NFL in catches over the past like two years. So that'll be interesting to see how the offense looks with Michael Thomas back. And that'll probably be a boost to Drew Brees also. Yeah, those are all really good. I agree with basically everything you just said right there. Um, If you want to look at the Lions, um, another three-touchdown game for Matthew Stafford. uh, or I mean, sorry, his first one of the year, three touchdowns. Um, I I think Matthew Stafford is someone that if I was a contender and had like a cheeky quarterback thing going on, I'd be willing to go out and get him. He's someone I'd want in my lineup as my QB2 in a super flex. Um, Then the running backs. Uh, you know, people have been really worried about DeAndre Swift. They weren't sure, like, the Lions literally went out and got Adrian Peterson, uh, who is who is 35 years old, to lead the team. But I still like DeAndre Swift. He had a good fancy game because he was able to score a touchdown, four for four receptions, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so he's someone I still like, even though it's, the situation is just a mess for him. Um, I think the real story is the wide receivers. 
Kenny Galladay is just so good. And then after Kenny Galladay on the Lions, like, it's not great at all. I thought Marvin Jones would be a decent wide receiver uh, for this year, someone that you could have as your wide receiver three or flex. But even with Kenny Galladay out, like, he hasn't produced much. And, like, some may argue, okay, but when Kenny Galladay's in, like, you know, maybe that'll take the defense to, uh, um, like, distract the defense from Marvin Jones. But even when Kenny Galladay's in, Marvin Jones had one reception for nine yards. Um, he's 30 years old. Uh, he's such a boom or bust wide receiver that I just never feel comfortable playing him in my flex if I have him. Um, but sometimes you do get rewarded. It's just a weird player, but I kind of favor stability over it. So really the only wide receiver I'd want from this team is Kenny Galladay currently. Um, and then finally, TJ Hawkinson scoring another touchdown. Uh, he's looked really good. I like TJ Hawkinson. I'm a TJ Hawkinson believer. Yeah, I agree with what you said, JT, with the wide receiver spot after the after Galladay. Um, yeah, it looks like Marvin Jones is not dependent, mostly also because uh, we've seen DeAndre Swift and Hawkinson both get way more involved this year in the passing game. So that's taken away from him. And obviously there's Cephas there. So I, I think you covered that really well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened to Marvin Jones because – historically since he's been on Detroit he's been a very reliable fantasy wide receiver you know get you at least 50 yards and a few catches a week so I don't know what's going on this year um a little surprising to me honestly but uh Swift don't panic Swift owners please do not panic his time will come he's a rookie he had no OTAs they brought a veteran back and Adrian Peterson to help him this is I understand it looks bad now but it will help him. He will learn from one of the best running backs of all time, and it'll make him better. Do not panic on DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I completely agree. He's looked great in the receiving game, and the rushes will come. Obviously, also when Matt Patricia's probably gone after this year. So, Swift owners, don't don't worry. Uh, and moving yeah. on to the next game. The next game we had is Seattle versus Miami. And the words are DK fumbles. Russ only has two touchdowns. Where is Preston? Yeah, um, I'll start on the Dolphins and JT can cover the Seahawks. On the Dolphins side, I cannot wait for Tua to come in. Uh, obviously, Fitzpatrick wasn't like awful, awful this game. They, they played close against Seattle, but Seattle doesn't have a good pass defense. And he didn't have a whole ton of pressure on him. And he still – he had 300 passing yards, but no passing touchdowns, two picks. Uh, he had that rushing touchdown, but it wasn't a whole ton. Miles Gaskin started to come down to earth a little bit. Um, he still had like a not bad game, but nothing special. He had 62 total yards. Uh, the thing that stuck out for me, as you mentioned, Jake, Preston Williams this year has been pretty much impo- uh, disappeared. Like a lot of people expected a good year out of him this year. His rookie year before he got hurt, he looked great. He was outperforming Devontae Parker. And uh, him and Hollywood Brown had kind of been the two most productive rookie receivers the first half of last season. And now he's disappeared. Devontae Parker had a good game. He had 12 targets, 10 catches for 110 yards. Um, Isaiah Ford did all right. He had 48 yards. But one thing that's kind of stuck out to me with this Miami offense, how – I know we mentioned it before, but they, they signed Jordan Howard and traded for Matt Breda and just how – Matt Breda did have 39 receiving yards this game, but that's kind of the most productive game he's had this year. Jordan Howard has completely disappeared. He has 11 total yards on the season, and and they signed him. I I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with him. Yeah, 
as actually for our trending up and down segment, I considered putting the Miami running backs in there, but like they've already been so bad and we covered them. Like I agree. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is not worth talking about again. Um, at this point, I don't know what I'd do with any of them. I, I just don't know. I, I think the running back of the future isn't there to be honest. Yeah. Um, going to the Seahawks, um, Russell Wilson, uh, as Jake said, only had two touchdowns this year. It could have been three if DK didn't have the ball punched out at the one-yard line. Um, but that leads, leads to a good point. Like, it was only two this, um, <clears throat> this game. Um, Russ now has 16 touchdowns on the year, which puts him at a pace of 64 touchdowns through the season. I think they're, the the NFL record, I think, is 55 by Peyton Manning um, in 2013. Um, so I just don't know how realistic it is that Russ, Russ would continue on that pace. Like, I know they have two very, very good receivers, but to expect, you know, four touchdowns a game out of him, I just, I think that's a little, little too much, especially considering, um, you know, he's going to have some divisional games soon and that's not the divisional games. You never know what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, but. Um, running back Chris Carson actually, you know, after that dirty play the week before, he actually was still able to play. And boy, did he do good! <laughs> he have good stats uh, 16 carries, 80 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and then apparently, the second back is Travis Homer currently. Um, but what's interesting to see is DJ Dallas got his first um, real carries of the season, and he looked pretty good. Um, people probably draft him in the fourth round and like to see him in the game. Um, and then finally, the wide receivers, Tyler Lockett had a really quiet game. I'm still a Tyler Lockett believer. I, I like him a lot. Even with the quiet game, he's anywhere between wide receiver six and wide receiver eight, depending on if you're PPR or standard. So a wide receiver one. Um, but again, same as when we were talking about um, the, who are we, who are we talking about? Same as we were talking about with um, C.D. Lamb, D.K. Metcalf, like, is he a, is he a top five dynasty wide receiver for you guys? Yes, like, absolutely, absolutely. Right, right, like, which is crazy to me because like at the start of the season, I don't know where I would have had him, like probably high end wide receiver two. Yeah, but like, yeah, he's, he's probably in that like twelve to fifteen range before yeah. the season for me. And like to jump seven spots. Like, it's one thing to jump, uh, jump from, like, wide receiver 40 to wide receiver 33, but to jump from, like, wide receiver 12 to wide receiver 5 is just a crazy number. Like, that's just a tribute to how good of a season DK Metcalf is having. Um, and, you know, I a think, lot of people – I think J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was shafted ahead of him. I, I was just about to say, like, a lot of people doubted him. Like, you had – even NFL teams didn't believe in him just because of, like, a silly three-cone drill and everything. And – now you see he's – we have him as a top five dynasty wide receiver. So many passed on him in the NFL draft and rookie draft. And now if you have DK Metcalf here, love and life. If you drafted Nikhil Harry, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, going Just a little few more comments that I had on this game was, yeah, I, Isaiah Ford only had 48 yards, but he did have 10 targets in this game. And that is now – back-to-back weeks where or he's also had another game this season with nine targets so he's definitely looking um above Preston Williams on this depth chart which I don't really think anyone expected um 
and, and uh, in Seattle. Uh, I don't think I'm a little lower on Tyler Lockett than I think you are, JT, at least. Um, I think Metcalf is the one to own there, as we've just discussed. But obviously, just like we said with Dallas, any anyone tied to this pass offense is going to have some big games and is definitely a player you want a part of. So, Yeah, I obviously think DK is the one to own too. But I just think Lockett, because he's the second wide receiver in this offense, is kind of being slept on. Like, he's just a very consistent – I mean, this game he had wasn't too great. But prior to that, he's been just consistently putting up points for you. And he does that season after season. Yeah, he's proven to be one of Russ's favorite targets through the past few years. So definitely not a bad player to own. And he's not even that old. I think he's only 27, 28. So. 28, yeah. Moving on, we got Chargers and Bucks. Brady still has it sometimes. Herbert looks great. Eckler hurt. Yeah, um, I could start on the uh, on the Bucks, and JT can cover your guy Herbert and the Chargers after. <laughs> um, Brady had a good game. He had a great game. He had he was thirty of forty six, three hundred sixty nine yards, five touchdowns. He did have the one pick six. I don't know what's been Brady. What's been up with Brady and pick sixes recently? It's a Tampa Bay thing. It's a Tampa Bay thing. It's ingrained in the culture. (laughs) (laughs) Jameis was framed. (laughs) Um, But no, um, he had a great game. Obviously, the Thursday night game, he kind of took a dip. And uh, we might talk about that later. But for this game, he looked looked amazing. Um, I wanted to see your guys' opinion. Uh, Ronald Jones had 20 Ks for 111 yards. I know this isn't game, but the Thursday night game against the Bears, he had another good game. He had also over 100 yards that game. How do you guys feel about Ronald Jones right now? I I think I'd feel one thing if – like, I, I'd feel differently if Leonard Fournette was in for both teams. Um, I like it, but the issue is Leonard Fournette's going to come back and, you know, the team went out and did sign him. So, it's just – I'd just be annoyed. I'd be annoyed at the fact that there is another running back there that will bolster carries for him. Um, I do think, like – if I'm a liar for net owner, more so, I'd be worried. I'd be worried about my running back slowly starting to fade away. But as a Ronald Jones owner, I'm not. I'm trying to like pace myself. I'm not trying to get too overhyped over these past two games because you know that despite what they say, like Leonard Fournette is going to get his carries, and that's going to take away from Ronald Jones' opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much completely agree with that. It's going to become complicated once Fournette comes back in because um, he had a good game, too, the other week against, I think, the Panthers. Um, mm-hmm. As to the receiving end, Scotty Miller proved me wrong this week. I've called him a fraud, but he uh, – Yeah, you <laughs> see him on Thursday? Yeah, I was going to say. He, he might, be <laughs> might be a little overhyped there, Lonis. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> – yeah, he had a good game. He had five catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans has been – he's so far he's been a top five uh, receiver this year in fantasy. But I do – a lot of those games were without Chris Godwin, who him and Godwin kind of were both wide receiver ones last year. So that's a big impact. So I don't know if I would expect – obviously he's still going to be a stud, probably a low-end wide receiver one. But – I wouldn't feel – I wouldn't expect, like, this production still when Chris Godwin comes back. And you know how Brady loves, like, his slot receivers. Um, the thing that was kind of unfortunate, I thought O.J. Howard was on his way to a really good season this year. Brady, like, loves uh, throwing to the tight end position. 
He had three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown before he got injured, and now he's out for the year, which is uh, extremely unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, I thought he was going to have a good year. What that does do, though, it bumps up Gronk a bit. We saw Gronk, uh, like, a bit. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's a tight end one, but I'm saying, like, he's, somebody, he's probably in that 12 to 15, 12 to 14 range that he could fill in if he need to. Because he ended up having a decent game against the Bears the next week without O.J. Howard. He had three catches for 50-something yards. Um, so that was unfortunate to see him go out. Vaughn actually did something this week. He had a receiving touchdown, but I still wouldn't expect much, if anything, out of him. He had a really bad game against the Bears. Um, so I'm sorry once again to Vaughn drafters. But he, he was this year's Darwin Thompson, in my opinion. Did you see him get – Blown up by Kyle Fuller yeah. on the Bears. <laughs> Blown up. <laughs> it was a tough, tough scene. But that kind of was a depiction of drafting uh, Keyshawn Vaughn in the second round. Just what would do your fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry. Because I'm sure he was taking over guys like maybe like a Zach Moss or maybe even an A.J. Dillon who I'd much rather have either of those guys, especially including the wide receivers that are probably available then, like a Brian Edwards or um, – this is someone in that range. But um, besides that, Brady had a good game. Obviously, they lost to the Bears following that. So it, um, I'm interested to see how this offense looks. I want to see it fully healthy. Mike Evans even played that Thursday night game hurt. Um, so I want to see them with the healthy Evans and Godwin, how that looks. I expect Evans to not do as well, and I want to see how good Godwin looks. But they had a good game this week. They almost lost to the rookie quarterback who JT can start talking about. Herbert He's looked amazing. Yeah. So I'm going to cover Herbert in my trending up section, just a sneak peek. But uh, he was only 10 yards away from also being with Burrow and passing for 300 yards in three straight games. I thought I saw something that he's only behind Cam Newton for most passing yards through three games as a rookie, um, which is pretty crazy considering many thought Justin Herbert would be a bust. Um, but yeah, I'll cover him later. Maybe I'll take this time to defend Sky Miller a little bit. He's He's been injured. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying he's anything great. He's not a wide receiver. He's Why are you wasting good. your breath on this? <laughs> I like – I'm a Sky Miller defender. This dude is fast. <laughs> he, he's – Brady's come to like him. Uh, the issue is that he's just injured. Like, I don't know to the extent of what his injury is, but he's just been on the injury list, like, each week and it's always been like coming down for to a few hours before kickoff if he's playing or not um but going back to the chargers justin herbert good um eckler's out um not sure when he's going to come back i know they put him on ir i'm gonna it looks guess, like it's gonna be about four to six weeks yeah i'm gonna guess that he'll come back i, I think they'll keep him rested until after the bye week i don't like the chargers i don't think really considered themselves a playoff team in the first place and it doesn't really make sense to rush back the running back that you just paid tons of money to sign to then finish four and 12 you know or four and 13 no four and 12 uh, sorry real, uh, real quick with Eckler uh, I just wanted to ask you guys starting with UJT uh, who which running back would you rather own for the next six weeks between Jackson and Kelly yeah so um I was actually talking to one of the guys, Frank, from the Third and Twenty podcast, the normal one, um, and we both agree that we just don't see a lot from Josh Kelly. Like people are kind of overhyping him because he had a few good games, and that's fair. I just wouldn't buy him at the price he's at. I think he's kind of just a guy. Uh, that being said, 
so is Justin Jackson. <laughs> so it's like, like I, I don't think either are really great fantasy running backs to own. Like the, the Chargers would be someone I could avoid, like would avoid if I could. Um, that being said, I think I'd still give the slight edge to Kelly. Uh, I think he was impressing in camp. He did do well uh, while Jackson was injured. Um, so I, with all that, I, I think the split would be something like 55-45 Kelly um, in the backfield. But I guess we'll see you this week. Um, then wide receivers, Keen Allen again, 11 targets. Like <laughs> He's just a target machine with Justin Herbert. That is the main thing that gives me concern about Justin Herbert is that currently he's still only looking at his first read. Like whoever the play is designed to, that's probably who's getting the ball, or at least he's going to try to get the ball to which is concerning, but he's also a rookie without preseason. And this theoretically would have been like the fourth preseason game. So, you know, he's got a lot of room to learn. Um, last thing, I'm still on the Hunter Henry train. I know Donald Far- Parham, whatever you say, it, had that like touchdown, but like Hunter Henry is legit. He's got tons of yards, but he just doesn't have that touchdown, which makes him, you know, he looks like a wide receiver, or like high-end wide receiver too, but like if he just had one or two touchdowns, he'd be in a wide receiver. I mean, a tight end. Sorry, tight end one category. Um, I think that's all I got about the Chargers. If you guys had anything to add, yeah, just quickly. Uh, I th- on this Kelly uh, Justin Jackson debate. I agree. I think it's going to be a pretty equal split moving forward. Um, without Eckler, and when Eckler gets back, I, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't take his normal spot, normal reps, and get, you know, 15 carries and eight, about six, seven, eight receptions a game. So for them right now, if you needed to, I don't think either are a bad flex play, but I wouldn't be super dependent on it. Um, obviously, I know you're going to touch on Herbert later, but wow, he looks he looks legit for now. Um they had no yeah. rushing productivity either. They had like 23 carries for 46 yards. Yeah, and then on the the Buck side, Ronald Jones. I'm I'm a believer in right now. I I didn't think so coming in. I thought it was I I didn't I obviously was low on Keyshawn Vaughn. I didn't think he was really anything. Um, but uh, then when they signed Fournette, I really thought it also hurt. So. He's proved me wrong. He had another great day, averaging over five and a half yards of carry in this game and just really taking control of the backfield for himself. I'm, I probably start him every week in a team that's probably going to put up a decent amount of points with Brady each week. So pretty solid. Um, I'm good to move on if you guys are. Yeah. Yep. So the next game we got is the Ravens and the Washington football team. And here's the words, Ravens offense scares me. Gibson takes control of backfield. And this is what I mean when I say the Ravens offense scares me. I brought this point up a few weeks ago. There's just, especially with the running backs, no one gets more than like 10 carries a game. They get like Jackson had seven, Edwards had nine, Ingram had eight, Dobbins had five. There's just no – you don't know what's going to happen week to week in this offense just because Lamar controls pretty much all of it. And then even on the receiving end, no receiver had more than four receptions. 
Brown had four, Andrews three, Boykin two, Sneed two, and then Boyle, Duvernay, Ingram, and Dobbins all had one. There's just not a lot of big numbers going around. The ball gets spread around a lot, and from week to week, you're not going to know who to play here. Um, I agree to some extent. Um, but, I mean, obviously, anyone who has Lamar Jackson starting Lamar Jackson. Oh, then, I'm, I'm saying outside yeah. of Lamar here. Yeah, yeah. Then Mark Andrews is still a red zone target machine. So I'm starting Mark Andrews week in, week out. Okay, but when he doesn't score, he's done nothing this year. He, he's been completely touchdown dependent, which is pretty much the opposite of what we saw last year. That's actually yeah, but my, my point is tight end is such like a fickle position that there aren't many tight ends that you could just rely on yards. Most tight ends are going to need a touchdown to, you know, give you a good fantasy day. Like, you have the Travis Kelseys of the world, but it's after him and George Kittle and I guess Darren Waller. I swear to God, Darren Most, Waller. I'm sorry, Darren Waller is the anti Mark Andrews. He'll, yeah. he'll get all those yards, but he just doesn't score ever. I mean, yeah. he scored three times this year already, but uh, Darren Waller. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, I'm thinking of Johnny Smith. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> yeah, well, Waller only's got one on the year, but he's got all these yards. So I was saying he's the opposite of Mark Andrews. But go on, JT. Like there are there are not many tight ends that can give you productive days if they're not scoring a touchdown. Like most tight ends that are fantasy relevant, like need to score a touchdown every, you know, week or two. So uh, it's not, it, tight ends a weird position this year. Like for the past previous years, like there's only like the cream of the crop right there, like the top, top part. And then everything else is just like a jumbled mess. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh yeah. So running backs, I mean, we kind of all expected that was going to happen. It was going to be, I mean, the only thing unexpected from that is that Gus Edwards is getting more carries than I thought he would have. Um, I, I, I mean, I still envisioned him having a decent role. I just didn't envision him like this year. He, I mean, this week uh, he had the most out of the three running backs that normally carry it. So he's kind of just like the finisher, I guess is what I describe him as. Uh, I still love J.K. Dobbins. I think he's the future running back here, you know, maybe probably next year is when he really will shine. Um, then finally, wide receivers. Uh, I agree with you here, Jake, but I still really love Marquise Brown. I mean, you said he had four receptions, but he also had eight targets, which is a decent amount. He's leading – no, sorry, he's second in the league in receiving yards without a touchdown behind D.J. Moore. Um, I just happen to own both, so that's been sick. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, a- after Marquise Brown, like Miles Boykin's probably a wide receiver too here. And it's just, you know, he doesn't see many targets a game and just depends on touchdowns, which he has not seen, um, any. So it, it really is a few good people to have and then kind of just a jumbled mess, um, which I agree with. But I, I think, you know, there's always injuries. There's always people moving around, pieces moving. So maybe there will be some clarity in the future, but that's my two cents on the Ravens offense. Yeah, I, I agree with you with everything, JG, especially Hollywood. He didn't, he only had four catches, but he did have eight targets. The next highest was four to Boykin. So I, I'd still feel confident in him. And I think those touchdowns will eventually come. Lamar is going to get better as a passer as his career goes on. So I still like Hollywood a lot. Go on to the Redskins. Uh, Jake, you mentioned the first thing I was going to mention. Uh, Gibson's legit. He he looks 
Like, I think people just kind of figured, like, oh, he was a mid-round pick, and now she's going to get the opportunity. But between uh, James Brown and him, they've exceeded expectations completely. It's not just the opportunity that's making them play well, but they're, they just look good. Obviously, his yards per carry wasn't great. It was 3.5, but that's a tough Baltimore defense. But he had 13 carries, 46 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown, along with four catches for 82 yards. So he's showing his ability in the receiving game, which we've seen in college. Um, so he looks really good. Congrats to anyone who picked him second or third round. Um, he looks like he could be the running back of the future. I think with Washington, they have so many holes on their team that they probably won't invest highly in a running back. Um, so, and he has good receiving. Uh, he's a receiving threat also. So he looks great. I next thing I feel so bad for McLaurin. He's putting up numbers with terrible quarterback play. Like this weekend. Yeah, we just 10... wait till next week when he yeah, has Kyle, Kyle Allen throwing the ball. Yeah, I was about to mention that Haskins, but McLaurin, he's doing a back quarterback play. He's still putting up 10 catches for 118 yards. He's been a low end wide receiver one this year. I'm excited for him to finally have like a good to decent quarterback and see what he could do. There's not really a defined number two receiver. Obviously, Sims, Steve Sims has been out, but besides. McLaurin and ignoring the running backs. The next highest was Dontrell Enman with four catches, 29 yards. Um, so I, I don't really know what this is too. We'll see if Sims comes back, if he does something, but it's not much going on there. Obviously, the last big news with the Redskins that came out this week, Haskins bench. Uh, we were all a bit surprised to hear that because I actually thought he came off a pretty decent game. Against the Washington defense, he was 32 of 45, 314 yards. He didn't have any touchdowns, but he also didn't have any picks. On the season, he has four touchdowns to three interceptions. And I'm not like it's not like he has a whole ton of talent around him. It's pretty much just McLaurin and then Gibson, who's played well, but that's a third, fourth, that's a third or fourth. I forgot what round he was, Jeff, but third or fourth round running back. So I was pretty surprised to see that. Obviously, at this point, you can't really go back to him. So I guess they're just committing with Kyle Allen, who I think we're all low on. Jake, what were you going to say? I don't understand this move from Ron Rivera whatsoever. It makes no sense. I understand he wasn't there when they drafted him last year, 10th overall. But still, that was the den, the, the hand you were held, Ron Rivera. Hand you were dealt, Ron Rivera. Um, and it just doesn't make sense. He actually has looked pretty decent. Like, he hasn't made that many mistakes. And he's putting a decent yardage every single game. I understand. He, like you said, he's not working – with a very good receiving core or running backs or even offensive line. he's It's a very mediocre set of weapons that he's working with here, and he's not been bad. Yeah, you lost to the Ravens. Congratulations. Pretty much every team in the league outside the Chiefs is going to lose to the Ravens. Like, it, it's it, – this just – this does not seem like the right time for this move, in my opinion. I would have given Haskins at least 10 games this yeah. season. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, you just got this young kid, 10th overall. He was productive at Ohio State. I understand he didn't start that many games for them, but he, he was very productive in his games he started. And he honestly didn't look bad in this game. It just doesn't add up, in my opinion. I can – like, I, I kind of agree with you for the most part. I'll try and play devil's advocate here, though, and kind of, like, be the Washington football team spokesperson, PR, PR guy. Okay. Um, apparently what's been flying out of the rumor mill is that Haskins wasn't really dedicated to studying the playbook and that there's a lot more that Washington wants to do with their offense, but just doesn't feel comfortable doing that with Dwayne Haskins. And I guess that's why they have Kyle Allen. Like, 
I don't necessarily agree with that because, like, like what, I mean, yeah, you're in the worst division in the NFL. But, like, even if you make the playoffs, like, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> it'll just be a playoff I, team with no – you'll you'll have a one-and-done game probably and then back to the drawing board for the next year. I guess it inspires confidence that your team can go and get a playoff game. But, like, that's it's just so useless to me. Like, now you have to go out and actually go and reinvest in the quarterback now instead of trying to build with the one you currently have. Um, but I – from what I've heard, that's the logic and reasoning behind them wanting uh, them wanting to sit Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I just think I just. Oh, you go on, Luna. No, you go. You go for it, Luna. Yeah, and I understand the off the field stuff, but you got this is someone who you just spent a first round pick on last year, tenth overall. Um, this is his fourth game in your offense. Obviously, there's off the field stuff, which I think a coach has kind of got to connect with him and get him more involved in being a like a more student of the game. But you know the talent is there. And the bad part about this is now you can't go back. Like, you, 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 once you make the decision to go to Kyle Allen, you can't just be, like, after two games, like, oh, we were on Haskins, go back in. Like, at that point, like, the confidence is shattered. Like, just things are just off. The team loses, com- the team loses confidence in their coaching decisions. I just think this is Stuart. I'm not totally against giving up on Haskins, but not this early. This was extremely early. Another thing of note is that they didn't even make him the backup. They made him third string. Third string. <laughs> they, they, they made Alex Smith the backup. It makes, one it makes absolutely no, no sense to me. And I just really think Ron Rivera was like, I didn't want this guy. I never wanted this guy and never really gave him a chance. That's how I feel about it. What's, yeah. what's his value now in super flex leagues? Like Pretty much a, nothing. Like he's are you, are you paying a third for him? No, not a third. <laughs> Who's gonna take? I I really think he's he's got screwed out of a job, just like Josh Allen did. Like, not Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. That's the one. Yeah. Um. So like, he, he's probably gonna be traded in the off season to someone that needs a quarterback, and it's like, oh sure, I'll take a chance on a former first round pick from two years ago, just like the Dolphins did with Josh Rosen, and then they're gonna be bad, and then they're gonna take another guy in the top end of the draft, and it. I feel bad for the guy. He kind of got screwed out of a job. Yeah, and one fancy implication I'll say with this, McLaurin and Haskins had a lot of chemistry from Ohio State, and Kyle Allen did make a living off of dumping off to McCaffrey. So I would think this move, obviously I've got to see how he is with McLaurin, but I think it hurts McLaurin a little bit, and it actually helps Gibson because I think they're going to be way more just kind of running back dump offs to him, and he's a good receiving back. So that's how I kind of see the fantasy impact going. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So moving on to the next game that we had, Giants Rams. This game was boring. I, <laughs> like I said, circle the wagons. I'm a Bills fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Giants offense is sad. Cup has a long touchdown. That's literally the only thing that happened in this game was Cup had one long touchdown, and the rest of the game was field goals. It was no. horrible. No, I I will tell you. I, I called it, not to pat myself on the back, but I said Daniel Jones was going to drive down the field and inspire hope into the Giants fans that he might be able to pull off the comeback, only to let you down with a terrible turnover. And exactly what he did. <laughs> um, at this point, Jake, you're a Giants fan. Like, is Daniel Jones the future? Like, this offense just looks so bleak. <laughs> so bleak. Look, like I said last week, if we continue on this pace and end up winning – two three games maybe who knows how many games we'll win like I don't know 
at that point, like if you're in the position to draft one of these projected, you know, top, top quarterbacks, you know, the, the uh, Trevor Lawrence's, the Justin, uh, Justin Fields, the Trey Lance's. First off, we have to get Trey Lance on this pod. We're a Trey Lance pod. <laughs> We're um, making a draft Trey Lance website. <laughs> DraftTreyLance.com coming soon to all our listeners out there. Um, but uh, if you're in position to get one of those guys, I don't see the point. Like, especially because, like I said, if we're that bad, I'd assume Gettleman's gone. And if Gettleman's gone, I don't see why the new GM would have any um, allegiance to Daniel Jones. Yeah. So, uh, Do you um, want to cover the rest of the Giants, JT? Am I already on it? Sure, they're bad. <laughs> oh, the Rams. <laughs> uh, they're bad. That's it. We're done. Move yeah. on. <laughs> Just kidding. Darius Layton's still there. I don't know. Like, he's probably the only – I mean, obviously, outside of Saquon, like, Darius Layton's probably the only guy I feel, like, comfortable having in the future. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with Evan Ingram. Like, obviously, I like Evan Ingram, but I don't know what his situation and everything is like next year. Get out of here. So, what I'm, trying, what I'm trying to say is the only person I feel comfortable being able to hold value out of this entire team, other than Saquon, is Darius Layton. And I think that's really all I have to say about the Giants. Yeah, I pretty much completely agree with that. Evan Ingram, I don't know what's going on with him this year. I expected a big jump. He did get 10 targets, but only 35 yards, so I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I will give credit to the Giants' defense, though, in transitioning to, the, transitioning to the Rams. The Rams' offense only had 240 total yards at home after they've been a really good offense this season. So, credit to the Giants' defense. Bradbury's looked amazing for them. Um, and they, they just completely shut down this uh, – this offense, Jared Goff had a good completion percentage, but only 200 yards. He had the one touchdown to Cooper Cup on a 55-yard play that was looked more just like a broken coverage and just like a mess up by the Giants. But for this, it's hard to evaluate the Rams' offense when, as a total, you only have that short amount of yards. Like, and never mind the running back situation is a mess. Henderson had a good, really good two weeks. Um, I won't necessarily hold like this game against him because just the offense in general didn't look great. He had 22 rushing yards and then 16 receiving yards. If I'm a Henderson owner, I'd be more worried about not so much this performance, but Cam Akers is back this week. He's fully healthy. He practiced this week. So that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend, um, seeing how Malcolm Brown wasn't bad. He had 37 yards on nine carries, four yards of carries. It's kind of eh. Um, but now Cam Akers is back, who was supposed to be kind of like what people envision to be the running back of the future. So I want to see how that goes. Um, but besides that, it, it's hard to judge the Rams' offense. The Giants' defense did a really good job with them, and this was just kind of a weird game in general. Yeah, it was a boring game. I don't know why I watched it. It was boring. <laughs> the whole game, no points being scored. Giants look bad. Rams look bad. Moving on anyways. So next game we got is Cardinals-Panthers. My words are Mike Davis has been good. Is Robbie Anderson legit? And uh, – is Kyler overhyped? Yeah, um, I can start with um, I can start with the Cardinals. As for Kyler, uh, he didn't have a good game uh, in, in terms of just real NFL quarterbacking. Um, he had all these completions, but not a ton of passing yards. He had uh, he finished um, with only let me pull up with only 133 passing yards um, with like those receivers against not a great defense in Carolina. Like, obviously, they're not bad, like a lot of them, but it's not like this is like like the Bears or like Baltimore or something. Um, but I will say to Kyler is this. 
he may be overrated in terms of the NFL level. And what was considered a bad game for him, he still did finish with 23 fantasy points. So I just think with Kyler, no matter how he may have a rough game passing-wise, um, his rushing floor is always usually going to end up giving him a decent game. Um, as for everyone else, Kenyon Drake has been weird for me this year. I, I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, I'm going to touch on him in my trending down, so don't go too much into it. But, uh, yeah, yeah he's been a very interesting player. It's just been weird. Like, he has the backfield pretty much to himself. Edmonds only got, just got, like, four carries, but – he, he finished with 35 yards on 13 carries. He's been kind of disappointing this year. And he ended last season so good in this offense. So I'm not giving up on him yet, obviously. Like, he, he you, some could argue he's a buy low. I don't know if I'd say that, but I've seen the case being made some places. Um, but I'm not really sure what to think of him. Like, I, I think people are just kind of waiting on that breakout game, like what happened with Joe Mixon. But um, we're going to see. Hopkins, he obviously – the whole – Passing offense was out of whack. They had 24 completions for 133 yards. Hopkins still got nine targets and seven catches, but only for 41. So it was just kind of dink and dunk the entire time. It was, it was a weird game for their offense, but um, I expect them to bounce back. Uh, Kirk did catch a touchdown, which was nice for him. He had five targets, which was um, second most out of the wide receivers. Uh, so, And while he's playing, it looks like Andy Isabella – kind of isn't super productive while Kirk is playing. That's something to keep an eye on because we were starting it pretty high on Isabella. But this this was just, I think, an off game. And I think they'll bounce back. They play Dallas in two weeks, which I'm excited to see. <laughs> That'll be a million points <laughs> scored. Yeah, so Hopkins owners, I'm sure, are really excited for that game. But um, Kyler, yeah, I just think his, his rushing floor, and he still managed three passing touchdowns out of 130 yards, but his rushing floor will just always give you a decent game. So – NFL quarterback, we can debate if he's overrated, but I think fantasy, he's still like a good top five fantasy quarterback. So in the interest of, you know, trying to speed up the podcast a little bit, I know we've gone long discussing uh, stuff earlier, so I'll try and do a speed round on the Panthers. Uh, Tay Bridgewater, he is what he is. I mean, everyone kind of knows, like, he feels like a bridge quarterback. I mean, no pun intended, but – He's got a plus matchup against the Falcons this week, so another good one. Maybe I'd be trying to sell him after this week, probably see what you can get for him. Hopefully he could capitalize on two good games in a row in the Superflex League. Mike Davis, again, really good. Uh, you know, CMC's out. When CMC's back, I, I expect his value to nearly go to the floor again. I mean, maybe he earned himself a little bit of a role in this offense, but obviously nothing to be fancy viable. Wide um, receivers, I do think Robbie Anderson is good. Uh, he was a product of the Adam Gase offense at first. But, you know, he is coming from Temple, where the Panthers had coaches from. Uh, Lewis has mentioned it earlier. Um, he is someone that I think is a solid wide receiver, too, on his team. Uh, I'm still a DJ Moore believer. It's just been a tough start to the season. He's, as I said earlier, the number one receiver in the league with receiving yards without touchdown. So you just got to wait for that to come. He has had a couple targets in the red zone already, but it just hasn't. Uh, come to fruition um so yeah like those two i'd say were the clear one and two uh wide receivers and curse samuel is still someone i like i mean he hasn't been very productive yet this year he's kind of just gotten screwed over with his situation um but i do think he's someone that could be someone worth something um in the future uh finally ian thomas he was supposed to be like the breakout this year one of the breakout ones i mean he caught a touchdown this week 
But other than that, it was five yards. It was kind of like that Mike Evans stat line from a few weeks ago. Um, (laughs) um, Here's someone I still like. It's just a weird, like, you know, so many people on this Panthers offense, like the the targets are spread evenly, kind of similar to what Jake was saying to the Ravens offense. But unfortunately for the Panthers, they're not the Ravens. So it's it's a weird team. I, I like a lot of the pieces individually, but when they're all like together and they're all splitting targets, it's, it's annoying as a fantasy owner, but you know, you gotta go like who you like and stay with the talent. Yeah. I was going to say if, if the DJ Moore owner is starting to get down on their, on him and they're actually believing that even though Robbie Anderson has been great and I love him, uh, that even that Robbie Anderson's going to be the long-term number one for this team, I would, Jake, do you think he could be? I, I don't know. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like he's had an unbelievable year. He's had every game. He's had, at least five targets for at least 50 yards and more touchdown. And in three of the four games, he's had a hundred yards on, yeah, on over nine targets. He's, he's just become a machine. I don't know whether this was Adam Gase or this was just, you know, Robbie Anderson coming into his own finally after a few years, but like, wow, he's looked really good. Yeah. He, he's looked, uh, he's looked actually, it does kind of make it tough because he's looked great also. Yeah, it does become complicated because you bring up a good point. I did bring up buying low on DJ Moore. But Robbie Anderson's looked legit. And as you mentioned, like, he's playing with his college coach. It's a complicated situation to figure out. Like, because there's a very good case for Robbie Anderson being the number one. Like, it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah like, DJ Moore had a very good, you know, rookie year, second year. But he's not really a super established player. Um, Robbie Anderson's been in the league a little longer, but now he seems to be in an offense that actually wants to get him the ball more and is a more productive offense than that Jets offense. So I don't really know how to handle uh, DJ Moore. I know, D- JT, you're a DJ Moore owner. I don't know how you're feeling at the moment, but uh, what do you think? I was just about to say, like, as a DJ Moore owner in a super flex league, I still would not sell any DJ Moore for anything less than two firsts. If you can find a DJ Moore owner who's willing to give him up for a first and a second, I'd do that deal any day of the week. Um, I do think he's someone to buy low on. I'm obviously as a Moore holder, I'm holding him because I just believe in the talent and believe in who Moore is. I mean, you saw what he did with Kyle Allen as his quarterback, and now he's got Tay Bridgewater. Imagine if, like, the Panthers had, like – now, I won't actually say Tay Bridgewater is a bad quarterback. I think Tay Bridgewater is pretty decent. But imagine if they had a good quarterback to help them out. DJ Moore has been in the league. This is his third year. He's only 23. Um, Robbie Anderson, I think, is 27. Um, he's been in the league for four years. Um, so I, I just I don't see Robbie Anderson overtaking DJ Moore. Like I just I still believe way too much in DJ Moore's talent. That being said, I do like Robbie Anderson though. I kind of wish I bought him in yeah. the offseason when I had the chance to. Um, and that's something I'm going to say about the receiver. Curtis Samuel owners, don't sell low. Uh, he's kind of been in a weird situation. I still believe in his talent. I don't know how you guys feel, but I would hold off to see what he does in free agency this offseason if, if he goes to a team that would use him as a top-two receiver. Yeah, so moving on, we have Vikings-Texans. In this game, uh, we got Vikings feed – excuse me. Vikings feed Dalvin again. Feeling goes off. Fuller stays healthy. Or Fuller, stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, um, I can start with the Texans. 
Uh, Deshaun Watson, he ended up having a good game, even though he had a rough first half. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see now how their offense looks with no Bill O'Brien. That was kind of a surprise firing for it to be this early. Um, I thought he should have been fired last offseason, but it's surprising still that the fact that they kept him only to fire him four games in. They had a rough opening schedule, and it's going to ease up. They're playing the Jaguars this weekend, which that I want to see. Like, like the Bengals offense just put up a lot of points on them. So there's no excuse for the Texans this weekend. Um, so I'm still, I would still believe in uh, the Texans offense, and I do think they win this weekend, and their offense has a good game. Uh, so I'm really going to be looking out for that. Will Fuller and Brandon Cook, it's impossible to judge who's the number one receiver is. One game, it's a Will Fuller game, and it's a Brandon Cook's game, and it's a Will Fuller game. Like, the, today, he had, last week, he played well. He almost had a second touchdown. It was called incomplete after review, but it was really close. He still finished with 108 yards and one touchdown that the team in targets. Um, so, it's it, I have no, I couldn't tell you who the wide receiver to own is. I'd guess Fuller if I had to pick one, but he has injury concerns. Um uh, I mean, Brandon Cooks says too with concussions. Every week they alternate who's the number one. But the main thing I would say is uh, I wouldn't lose faith if some people are starting to on Deshaun Watson. He's had a tough opening schedule. Um, so I'm really interested to see how they are next week. Yeah. Um, as Brandon Cooks, someone who banged on the table to say, oh, go out and buy Brandon Cooks. Uh, <laughs> following that up with a zero-point game. <laughs> Not exactly best for my credibility. Um, I hope Cook bounces back. I still believe in his talent. I like Brandon Cooks. Um, and yeah, I would like to see what happens with Bill O'Brien not there. Um, for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, like at this point, I I I think I'd rather have like the likes of Derek Carr and like Teddy Bridgewater over Kirk Cousins. Like I'm I'm becoming lower and lower on Kirk Cousins as the season goes on. And like I was. I used to own Kirk Cousins and was a Kirk Cousins believer, but at this point, like the only people I'd have him ranked over are like the obvious like quarterbacks that are going to be gone, like Dwayne Haskins and such, and like the old quarterbacks like Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Because at least Kirk Cousins, like there's not really a current threat of him being replaced, but it's just like what he's giving is just not worth anything. Like he's a very low end QB too, and most weeks isn't even QB2 worthy. Um, but yeah, like Jake said, down cook. Like, Jake's down the cook owner. Screw Jake. That's all I got. <laughs> that. uh, hey, the Vikings off. finally figured out they'll win a game if they <laughs> ball the down the cook 30 times. Yeah. So, um, Madison also, it, uh, I was listening to part of my take. They said that uh, Big Cat said he likes when the running backs look similar. Uh, it's true. Like, you don't know which one is running sometimes with Cook and Madison. Yeah, you don't know until they, they pop up after getting tackled and you see the number, and I'm like, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, but I, I think a real, real storyline is I love Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I've, I was afraid of drafting him in the first round. Uh, just because, like, it seemed like he was going to be more of a slot player, and I wasn't sure how it would translate to NFL. And, you know, like, Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. You don't know if he would actually be able to, like, replace the Stephon Diggs role and, like, become his own player. Um, but he looked really good so far. And I put him – I mean, granted, there's been two injuries to two of the top receivers, uh, but I put him at wide receiver three currently. I'd have it 
Ju uh, sorry, CeeDee Lamb, Judy, and Jefferson. And I'm saying the gap between Judy and Jefferson is not big. Like, I think they're very close. I mean, Rager and Ruggs have been injured, so I, I can't really comment on what they look like. And this is Dynasty, so we're going to try not to react, overreact four weeks in. But I like Justin Jefferson. And then finally, we set week after week, but, like, I really want Irv Smith to be good. Like, I want Irv Smith to be a good player, and it's just they're, they're not involving him at all in the offense. And I don't know if that's the fault of the coaching staff or if Irv Smith is worse than I think he is, but it's someone who I like a lot, and I just – we haven't seen anything out of him this year. Yeah, I completely agree with you, JT. As an Irv Smith owner, I was very excited heading into the year. I thought he would take the next step. You know, Stefan Diggs left. There was more targets that were vacated in that offense. I really thought he was going to be the number two, if not at worst, the number three receiving option there. And he just doesn't even seem like an option in general. He's only had, I think, like like four catches on the season. I, I'm sorry. He's only had two catches on the season <laughs> for on a total of six targets. So he, I, I don't know what's going on there. I, Kyle Rudolph is still getting targets. I know he had, he only had two targets on, and two catches on for 27 yards this week. But like, I don't know why. I feel like the Vikings are just underusing a guy that's very talented offensively, especially pass catching wise. Um, they spent a second round pick on him in the draft last year. It, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand this one at all. But uh, Dalvin Cook. Continue to feed them. It's the only way the Vikings are going to win a game. Um, so, and that's what happened. He he had 130 yards this week with two touchdowns. He should have had three. They gave one to Madison, um, which was unfortunate. And I thought it was Cook when I saw the play because they looked exactly <laughs> the same. But uh, it's fine. This offense, like you said, Justin Jefferson looks legit. Um, before the during the draft season, I really was back and forth on him just because I thought at best he would be Stefan Diggs in that offense. And Stefan Diggs did not have a good year last year without even with feeling out for a good amount of time. So like I wasn't very high on him, but the thing is in this offense, Kirk Cousins had 260 passing yards in this game of that 200 and uh, 217 went to Thielen or Jefferson they're the only two guys being targeted in this passing game. It is crazy yeah. how much volume those two are getting. And I, if I'm a defense, you you know it's going to one of those two guys or it's being handed off to Dalvin Cook. I don't understand how it's – that's why they're one and three. It's I think the defenses know this. Mm -hmm. The only other thing I'd add to this is back on the Texans, uh, Jordan Aikens got knocked out of the game with a concussion. <clears throat> but prior to that, he was on pace to be – either number one or number two in targets on the team for the game. And he's seen like a steady amount of targets for the passing attack. That's been pretty spread out. So if you're looking for like a, just a streamer tight end or your tight end out on by, like he's someone I'd say to pick up. I mean, he was probably on waiver wires in most of the leagues. If, if not, he's like, you know, an end of the roster kind of guy. Um, and he's someone that I just go out and try to stash. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys last thing on this game. Um, about Justin Jefferson, how he ranks against the other rookie wide receivers. JT, you said you take Judy over him. Jake, are you oh, also close. taking? It's close. Jake, are you also taking Judy and Lamb over Jefferson right now? 
definitely CD, as we discussed uh, earlier in the pod. But uh, Judy, it's close. I think he's shown his talent, especially last week with that Randy Moss catch over on the Jets. But uh, I want to see him really with Drew Locke. Drew Locke yeah. hasn't really had a chance to play with him a whole lot. So for now, I'm going to continue to rank Judy above him, but it's getting closer every week. Jefferson's your definite three, though, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like like JT had said, it's really hard to compare anyone else. Like, I mean, Ruggs has been hurt. Rager's been hurt. Even, like, Brian Edwards has been hurt. I guess Chase Claypool has been pretty decent, but not a lot of targets. So Ayuk looked good. Ayuk has looked good in the past two he weeks. Hurt, prob- yeah. yeah, he was hurt to start the year, but he's probably fourth right now. I mean, outside of those top three, there's not been a lot of rookie receiver production. Uh, Chenault's not bad, that bad either. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about Chenault, too. Those those would probably be – I mean, but, you know, you have Rager and you have Ruggs who have been hurt, so it's hard to really – And Brian Edwards has been hurt, Brian too. Edwards, yeah. So, a lot of injuries to the rookie wide receivers. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on, we have Colts Bears. And my words are, why are Hines and Wilkins getting carries? A-Rob to Foles connection. Yeah. I'm, oh, sorry, what were you going to say, Jason? I'll, I'll start on the Colts. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's just, I actually don't mind. I like. I think Jordan Wilkins is like a decent player. Like I, I, I like Jordan Wilkins, and you know, if he wasn't, if Taylor went down or if Wilkins went on a different team, like I'd be interested to see what he'd be able to do. Like I, I, I think he is a good runner. I mean, I know he only had nine carries for fifteen yards, uh, so not a lot of production out of him. But like, I don't know. There's just something about the way he runs that I like. Um, Naheem Hines, he's a good receiving back. I don't understand why they're giving him nine carries as well. Uh, he's not that kind of player. I mean, maybe they think they're going to catch the defense off guard. That's weird. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, though, still 17 carries. Uh, he's obviously probably the biggest part of this offense uh, as far as dynasty value is concerned. Um, and it's just I've I've seen a lot of people talking about this, so I'll just kind of echo it. it. It seems like he's like a half second off with what he's seeing, and that's what's kind of causing him to get tackled early and not really break out big runs. Like I saw a play um, against the Bears where he had a wide open hole and just like processed it a little too late, and you know he's now running over his own feet and falling down instead of getting you know seven eight yards, he's getting two or three. Um, I think that just comes with time. Like, people have to remember with all of these rookies, like, none of them had, like, real preseason games. Like, this would only be preseason week four. Um, so, it's just a weird year. I, I still like all rookies. Like, there aren't many rookies that I'm out on yet. And um, Jonathan Taylor is either 1A or 1B to many still as far as uh, non-super flex leagues who, who you're drafting. And I, I still stick with that. Um Philip Rivers, just old. Uh, if you could sell him for anything at this point, I would. Like, not a lot of worth. Uh, <laughs> They're going to um, replace him next year. Yeah, yeah. Just no, no, not a lot of worth from him. Um, Mo Ali Cox, I'm still banging the table on him. He had another touchdown. Uh, he's, he's got some high-profile uh, pro football focus grades. Um, but whatever. He's just kind of, you know, he's just a tight end. I don't know. Uh, but the only other storyline is um, – the wide receivers, now that Pittman and um, Paris Campbell are hurt, I really want to see a lot more from T.Y. Hilton, and I'm just not seeing it. So, when it's your T.Y. Hilton owner, if you want to, like, touch on that and then transition to the Bears. 
there's been a couple of veteran wide receivers that have really underperformed than what I thought they would. Like you look at Deshaun, you look at AJ Green, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, now T.Y. Hilton. I, I don't understand it, honestly, because T.Y. There's really no excuse for him not to be doing well. It's there's no Pittman, there's no Campbell. It's it's not like they gave like Taylor like 27 carries, and he still he Zach or no what is it Pascal? Yeah, Zach Pascal had three more targets than him and a better game. So I'm not really sure what's going on. It might just be age catching up with him. But he, he has not looked good, and I don't feel comfortable starting him on any given week in this offense. So if, if you could get someone else, I'd feel more comfortable than him. But he, he's been extremely underwhelming this season. Only three catches for 29 yards. So uh, yeah, it was, he's been one of the surprise disappointments for me. Um, yeah, I – I agree with that. I don't know what – I just think Rivers is kind of done. Um, yeah. They're more – they're a run-based team, obviously, with that offensive line. As you saw, they gave Jonathan Taylor 17 carries. Their running backs total had 26 carries. It's just a lot of plays in an offense right there. So, the, the running back – a lot. They, they actually ran the ball um, 35 times because Hines and Wilkins combined for 18 carries. Yeah. Um. On top of Taylor, seventeen. Oh. So they they yeah. ran the ball thirty five times, which is a crazy number to run the ball in this year. <laughs> yeah, and Rivers only had twenty nine passing attempts and sixteen completions. It wasn't a great day for Rivers. So I just think he I can't really support a full offense fantasy wise here. Yeah. Um. I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. Moving on to the Bears. Uh, Nick Foles, my guy, BDN, the tripod. Uh, he, he, uh, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, um, <laughs> this is a tough Colts defense. Uh, their past defense has been really good this year. Um, but he still, he ended up with an okay fantasy day. He's kind of a middle of the pack RB, uh, QB2, I'd say maybe a little bit lower end. Uh, he was decent against the Bucks on Thursday night. The thing that stuck out for me, I know he didn't have a ton of rushing yards, only 27 this game, but David Montgomery now with Tariq Cohen out is getting a lot of looks in the receiving game. He had, he had I want to get this exactly, he had six targets for three catches, 30 yards. Against um, the Buccaneers, I think he had five or six catches. Um, so just off that, if you're in half PPR or PPR leagues, he's going to give you like pretty all right um, RB2 production, looks like, for the rest of the year. And uh, I like him. The two, the main things that suck out with wide receivers, now with Foles in, uh, I bump up Jimmy Graham. Uh, he only had uh, 33 yards this game, but on the uh, against the Falcons, he had a touchdown. Against the Bucks, he had a touchdown. And um, Foles has always kind of loved those, like, bigger body receivers. So that's why you see – I'm going to get to him in a sec. Allen Robinson playing well. But I like Jimmy Graham more with Foles. But the thing that stuck out, yeah, Allen Robinson's looked a ton better with uh, Nick Foles. He had 10 targets for seven catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. He did well against the Bucks on Thursday night with Foles. So, Allen Robinson owners should be very happy now that Foles is a starting QB. And I like him. He's kind of like a lower wide receiver one. Uh, the main thing that kind of also stuck out this game, it looks like Mooney has kind of overtaken Anthony Miller for that number two receiver. He had nine targets for five catches, 52 yards, while Miller only had three catches, three catches for 16 yards. Miller didn't do much against the Bucks either. So Mooney was kind of a later draft pick that if you're able to snag, I think he's the number two receiver now in Chicago. I agree. Um, I think I was a fan. I was a person saying bye Miller in the off season. 
Um, I thought there was no way that his third year, he looked good at the end of the year last year. I thought he was really going to take another step forward with a, at the time, I thought it was going to be a bounce back season for, for Mitch, but uh, either way, I knew Foles would come in if Mitch didn't play well. So I thought Miller really had a chance to produce this year, but it seems that Mooney is, is the guy to own and that uh, Miller's just being faded in his third year and just pretty much being relegated to that number three job. Uh, yeah, I, I pretty much completely agree. I, I was surprised because I was with you, Jake. I liked, I liked Anthony Miller coming into this year, but Mooney looks good. You can't, you can't deny the looks that he's getting. Yeah, so moving on, we got Bills Raiders. Circle the wagons, boys. Circle the wagons. The Bills are 4-0. Um, but the words are Allen continues amazing run. Uh, opinion, uh, my opinions on Carr are torn. Yeah, I can start with um, JT. Who would you rather cover this game? Uh, I'll take the Raiders. All right, so I'll start first, with I'll Buffalo. go first. Um, yeah, cover Buffalo. I'm let me cover the Raiders. Yeah, wait, who I'm, I'm covering Buffalo. Whichever one you wanted to. Sorry, like lagged for me for a sec. Oh, all good. Uh, I'll, I'll cover Buffalo and I'll, I'll take uh, the Bills. Um, Josh Allen, uh, Jake said, circle the wagons. <laughs> uh, I can't believe his meteor. meteor I, I'm not even going to try to say the word I wanted to say. He has he has a great rise. Uh, <laughs> 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 word it just jumbled today, but Josh Allen looked really good. Um, again, in you know, I don't think he's really had a bad game yet. Four straight weeks of just really amazing games, which, I mean, even the biggest Josh Allen truthers, I don't think really saw this coming. He's already got 12 touchdowns on the year, which is a lot. And what's more impressive is the yards that he's throwing for. Uh, this was the first week he threw for under 300 yards, and it was still 288 yards. Like, it's just crazy. I mean, I think we all expected Stephon Diggs to help him out and help this offense. Like, he knew they were going to – like, the whole game plan of the team always was, let's get those fast receivers. Josh Allen has a cannon. You know, he'll fire it to them. They'll always be a step ahead of the opponent. But the question was always, is Josh Allen accurate enough? And I feel like through four weeks he's answered that, yeah, he can get the ball to the opponent. I mean, uh, to his receivers. Um, again, Devin Singletary, another strong game without Zach Moss which just further frustrates Devin Singletary owners because they know Zach Moss is coming down, uh, coming back and it's just going to vulture your carries from him. And it's just a tough, tough situation to see. Like, you, you know your guy is talented when he has the opportunity, but he's not going to have the opportunity. Um, Stephon Diggs, great again. Uh, he didn't get a touchdown, but he did have over 100 yards receiving. Um, kind of just, you know, a wide receiver won on the year so far, um, which I don't, th- I think we all said we saw him as a wide receiver too. And now he's currently in the wide receiver one range, which is uh, better than expected. Good for Stefan Diggs and people who might've gone out and traded him like Jake, again, screw Jake. Um, <laughs> Cole, Cole Beasley should see a lot more targets now that John Brown's out. But what's more important is um, Gabriel Davis. Uh, there was always questions over, who was going to be that next wide receiver after those guys. Um, I didn't really expect it to be Gabriel Davis at the beginning of the year, but um, he's, he looked decent so far, actually. Um, he's someone that was probably drafted late, late in your rookie draft. Um, but now he's someone that you kind of like as like your, 
you just took a flyer on him and he's already increased his value. Um, my final thoughts are the, on Dawson Knox. Uh, I've been covering the tight ends mostly. I'm, I'm basically the third and 20 tight end guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> here, here's, here's another one that was supposed to have a breakout season this year and just hasn't produced yet. It's kind of like the Irv Smith situation. I blame most of that. Like, not that it's his fault he's producing for the team. I, I blame most of it for Alan Stephon Diggs. Like, for tight ends to produce and be really good tight ends, they normally have to be in the top two of targets on their team. And Dawson Knox just isn't seeing those targets. Um, and he probably won't <laughs> now that the Bills are being so – like, Josh Allen is so good at passing those wide receivers. But, yeah, those are my uh, thoughts on the Bills. Yeah, I agree with what you said about Gabriel Davis and Singletary on us being frustrated. Because, you know, when Zach Moss comes back, he's taking a lot of those goal line and red zone touches. But um, mm-hmm. moving moving on to the Raiders, I'm with you, Jake. I don't know what to think about Derek Carr because it's like I've, crit- I've critiqued him a lot. If you look at the end-of-game stats, the end-of-game stats never look bad. But if you just watch the game, it's not impressive. It kind of, It's like it's not impressive at all. A lot of these are kind of just like dump-offs to um, Waller and Renfro. Those two had 20 targets out of his um, 40, uh, 44 pass attempts uh, and the most catches on the team. Again, Darren Waller, wild card is the quarterback. I think he fades a little bit. If any new quarterback comes in who's a bit of a gunslinger, I still like Darren Waller, but he's benefiting a lot off of all these Derek Carr checkdowns to him. Um, and same with Renfro. Uh, one thing that's kind of stuck out to me, Josh Jacobs has been good fantasy-wise every single week, and I think he's extremely talented. I think it's more against the Raiders' offensive line, but his yards per carry this season isn't great. He had 3.2 yards per carry on 15 touches, uh, against the Bills, which obviously is a pretty good defense, but still he's only averaging 3.6 yards per carry on the season. So just off volume, he's going to have a good fantasy week every weekend. He's extremely talented, but I, that's just kind of something I keep my eye on. Um, I know he gets receiving. I know he gets receiving looks also, but it's just kind of weird to me. Aguilar had a pretty good game with both Brian Edwards and Ruggs out, uh, 44 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and he could have had – he actually had a 65-yard touchdown called back also. Uh, so, he's he's been pretty good at, like, that backup outside receiver role. Um, I'm excited to see uh, with Ruggs coming back and whenever – I know Ruggs is back this weekend. I'm not sure on Brian Edwards. Uh, Jake, I, don't, you know I, I, I don't think for this week, but uh, probably the week after. Yeah. I'm interested to see Ruggs this week. It's a tough Kansas City pass defense, so um, it might be tough to get a ton of production, but I'm interested to see that. But um, besides that, yeah, I've covered most of the things. Uh, Derek Carr, he's he's a confusing quarterback. But I think they should ultimately replace him next year. The thing I have about Derek Carr is that he's always good enough to be like, oh, he'll be fine. Oh, he'll be fine. Like, he's just good enough to be like, we don't need another quarterback. You know, like, he started the year not great, put up 13 and a half fantasy points against the uh, the Panthers. Then he had a really good day on – uh, Monday Night Football, I think it was, when they played New Orleans and the, the new stadium opened and he had 22 fantasy points. And then last week versus New England, he was average again, putting up 15. And then this week he had another good day against the Bills, put up 20, 21 again. So, like, he's just up and down constantly. I, I don't know what to think about him. He always does just enough where you're like, he's not bad, but, like, yeah. he's not good. Like, it's he's so – and I don't think – I think the Raiders are going to be good enough where they're not going to be in range to get one of these elite quarterback prospects. So – I don't know what's going to happen with them. Yeah, I said I'd take Derek Carr over Kirk Cousins, and that's mostly based on I think Kirk, uh, Derek Carr has at least shown me some positives. 
Um, my only concern is his situation, but as Jake said, uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be in position to draft the next quarterback, and I just don't think I don't see it in Marcus Mariota being able to be the next guy. Um, so yeah, like I, I think he's a low end QB two, but I like him better than anyone that's about to be out of the league in the next year. Yeah, you that's, hit the nail on the head. That's, so. that's what he is. <laughs> Nothing special, uh, but just good enough. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, we got Eagles and the Niners. And the words are, Kittle comes back with a vengeance. Wentz pulls one out. Yeah, Wentz is, like, he did have a good game for, like, especially compared to his other games. But, I mean, statistically-wise, his passing game, he made a lot of good throws in the clutch. But if you look at a total fantasy-wise, 193 passing yards, one passing touchdown, one pick. Is just okay. It's not great. I think one thing that's been kind of interesting with Wentz the past two weeks is he's starting to give you kind of more rushing production. Which yeah, he salvaged he, his day with that rushing touchdown. Yeah, like he he was running a lot during kind of like his um 2017 season, which was like his best year of his career. But ever since that ACL injury and especially the back injury, he's kind of stayed away from running. Like he'll move around in the pocket, but he's not a scrambling type. But the past few games, he's had over 35 yards rushing in each of them. Um, and he had a rushing touchdown at each of the last two games, which has been helping him a ton in fantasy, which I think he's going to have to do with so many Eagles players out. Um, I wouldn't worry about Miles Sanders' kind of poor game. It was kind of a weird game script. He's still getting a lot of um, looks and a lot of touches and is pretty much the bell cow on that offense. No other running back had more than two carries that game. Um, so I wouldn't be worried about Miles Sanders, even though I think he might not have the best game against Pittsburgh this week in that front seven. Uh, I'm still confident in him long term. Uh, but as for the receiving yards, or as for the receivers, I, I don't know what to tell you because what's Travis Fulkham, um, practice squad player from the Packers? Uh, he he led the team in receiving yards by like twenty. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to make of it. I, I wouldn't depend on him. I mean, maybe you could pick him up if you have big rosters. I picked him up just because I had an extra spot on my twenty five man roster, but. I wouldn't expect much out of him. I will say Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, not this weekend, but in the next two weeks, uh, should be back for the Eagles offense. And then Rager in another three weeks. So I, I wouldn't think much of these receivers playing right now. Greg Ward for now is a deep, like, I guess you can play him in the flex because uh, he, he led the team in targets with seven. Um, but besides that, I don't know what to think. One thing that mostly just stuck out to me was Zach Ertz, man. Zach Ertz with – Goddard out, Alshon out, Deshaun out, Rager out. It's not like it's not like Miles Sanders had this amazing game. Still only had four catches for nine yards. Obviously, the 49ers were focusing on him and probably just trying to take him away. But he's he hasn't been good this year at all. Yeah. It's a weird situation. I I don't know how I feel about Zachary. I'm I'm getting lower and lower on him each week. You know, he's getting close to 30. And, you know, tight ends are, can typically last past 30. But, you know, by 33-ish is when there's really a huge cliff. Um, and you don't know what the situation's going to be. So, yeah, I, I'm feeling worse and worse about Zacherts as the year goes on. Um, moving on to the 49ers, I, I banged my fist on the table. I was like, Nick Mullins is not bad. 
Uh, you know, he's behind <laughs> wrong Andrew, again, JT. Wrong again. Behind Andrew Luck and uh, Pat Mahomes for most passing yards through nine games. Obviously, I didn't think he was the next Patrick Mahomes, but I thought he was a serviceable quarterback. Um, it's just it, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard when there's so many injuries on a team to be a good player, but there are, are like good weapons on the San Francisco 49ers offense and. All he had to do was not turn the ball over, and he did that three times. That pick six was so bad. Yeah. I don't know what I, – I, maybe he got blinded there and just threw the ball with his eyes closed. I don't know. <laughs> there was a, all you had to do was not turn the ball over, and he did it three times, which is just frustrating to see. Um, C.J. Bethard is nothing special, but he just didn't turn the ball over, so that's <laughs> why they put him in. Um, Jarek McKinnon is my, one of my other people I want to focus on later. So I'm only going to touch on him for a quick second, but I love Jarek McKinnon this year. I think he's been awesome. And I think he'll still have a role when Mostert comes back, like a really sizable role. Um, this is the first week that we saw Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel together on the field. Um, Debo, the coaches even said was not going to come back in the same role because of he's still coming off the injury. Um, but both both look good. I mean, Ayuk just had an incredible play um, jumping over the Eagles <laughs> to get into the end zone. Um, but, again, the one producer that you always want, and he's just so valuable, is George Kittle. Like, my God. Yeah, he absolutely screwed me this yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, like, 15 receptions <laughs> for 183 yards and a touchdown. This is unheard of from a tight end. I mean, Waller might get you that many receptions, but he's not getting you the touchdown because he's cursed. But, <laughs> oh, boy, George Kittle is so good. So good. And people probably picked him up for free last year, which just makes it even It's crazy. Like, <laughs> two years ago, probably. Last year he was. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, two, two, two years ago. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, one thing to note on Kittle was, he had 15 receptions on 15 targets. He didn't drop a ball. He, there was no incompletions intended towards him. He caught everything that went his direction, which is just even more impressive. Yeah, and one thing I will say, um, it looks like the Eagles this year or last year's, I want to say, was it the Cardinals who couldn't defend any tight ends? Yeah, like every the, tight end went the off Cardinals. Yeah, it looks like the Eagles are that team this year. We saw Higby get three touchdowns against them. Uh, we saw Logan Thomas had his best game of the season against them. Um, we saw Kittle um, just have go berserk on them. So I, I'd kind of look to start tight ends against the Eagles. It's a good call. I didn't even realize that. Uh, but moving forward, that's probably a good play. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the next game we had, which was a special for us. It was an early Monday night game, which I actually really enjoyed the early Monday night game. I, I think they should make it a real thing, but um, it was Pats and Chiefs, and the words are Damian Harris running back to own, question mark. Chiefs coast to a win. Um, uh, you want to talk about oh, your Patriots? Yeah. Um, tough game to watch. I hate Brian Hoyer. I hate Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Not only that, but like I, I'm still in school, so like I'm I'm in class for the second half of the game, and I'm watching like what's going on. 
while also in class, which was just not ideal. But um, I'll say it again, like we always said, like the Patriots running backs are just so unpredictable. Like I do think Damian Harris, as far as like we said in the beginning of the season, um, Damian Harris was the one of the pure runners that I'd likely want to own. But it's just so unpredictable week to week that I, I just don't know. Like, even if he comes out and takes the backfield and, and he is the first on the death chart, like, there's never true bell cow. Like, he's not really a receiving back either. So there's not that upside. It's, it's just always a terrible situation. Until Belichick's gone, like, I don't think I would own any running back and Patriots running back and feel comfortable having him. Um, then on the receiving side, um, Julian Edelman like actually lead the league in drops um, since I think like 2017. Uh, I mean, part of that is just though how many like targets he does see and everything. But boy, was that terrible, terrible! Just hand it to Tyron Matthew and have him run it in kind of play. Um, Nikhil Harry had his game saved by that touchdown. Jameer Bird actually saw the most targets who he's someone that I've said in the past is probably likely to stay on the bench. But at this point with all the injuries, he might be a flex play. Like he might not be a bad flex play. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Cam starting this week or if it's Stidham, but I'd like to see Stidham with a full uh, game plan in front of him. But what's unfortunate is they don't really have practice uh, because of COVID. So it's going to probably do him a disservice too, which will be unfortunate. I don't know what Jared Stidham truly has and I'm, not sure what that case is going to be but now if you guys want to move on to the Chiefs yeah I'm gonna kind of breeze through this because I, I don't think we learned anything new about the Chiefs really this game um Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did his thing uh he had 27 receiving yards 64 rushing yards Patrick Mahomes 236 passing yards and two touchdowns uh Kelsey and Tyreek Hill did their thing Miko Hardman got in with the receiving touchdown I would say the main takeaway I honestly got from this is um, I guess it won't really impact this fantasy season, but Belichick like had shut down this offense for the most part, holding them to 19 points. The, it looks like I, I don't know how I'd feel about Chiefs against New England or Belichick in the future, or if teams maybe try to mimic what Belichick did. Um, what were you gonna say, Jake? I just think the Chiefs knew this game wasn't gonna be a loss. I don't think they tried to break out. Like we saw last week, they got creative. They they you know they had a you know, shovel pass to the fullback. They had a, um, you left know, a, a left tackle eligible play. Like, they, and that was a game against the Ravens. So they knew that game was a game that they wanted to win. I think this game without Cam in Arrowhead, this this is a game that they just were not going to lose regardless. And I just think they, like I said, they just coasted. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a fair I point. I agree with that. Um, if, any, if no one else has any else to say about this game, we can move on to the next one. All right, so the last game of the week was the late Monday night game, which was Falcons-Packers. And my words are Rodgers, second in MVP. Tanyan scores three. Falcons are bad. Yeah, I, I completely agree, Jake. Aaron Rodgers is second in MVP behind Russell Wilson. He has 13 touchdowns to zero picks on the season. That's with missing Devontae Adams for a couple games. So once he's back, which should be in the next week or two, that's only going to get better. Um, and then obviously – Aaron Jones did his thing. Uh, he had 40 receiving yards, uh, 70 rushing yards, and a receiving touchdown. 
he continues to be an RB1 this season, kind of like that top half, um, which, again, I don't know if we'll see that much receiving when Devontae Adams is back. But for now, he's been, he's been great. Um, A.J. Dillon still is yet to get involved. I don't know if maybe that's going to be a next year thing or maybe, like, at the end of the season. But he, he hasn't done much this year. Like, they were using Jamal Williams a lot more um, for right now with him. Uh, so I'm just pulling up stats. For right now with him on the season, he has eight carries to 34 yards. I still believe in the talent. He's a very talented running back. So I just – he's a hold. Don't sell low on him. Just wait to see how he looks next year, especially with Aaron Jones and Williams are free agents. I'd say the big takeaway receiving-wise for this game was Robert Tanyan, who's kind of taken over that tight end one role. Um, he has five touchdowns on the season. He had three. That might be leading all tight ends, actually, with the five touchdowns. He had three last night, six catches for 98 yards. Obviously, you can't expect all that production with Lazard and Devontae Adams out. But it is comforting to know that's going to be their starting tight end. I think he's completely beat out Sternberger for that job. Uh, Sternberger's had a bit of a disappointing year. But he, he looked impressive. That was the biggest takeaway I got out of this game. Yeah, um, that was something we actually talked about on the podcast. We said Robert Tanyan would be the guy to own, and he proved us right. So at least at least chalk that one up on the board to us. Um, you know, now switching to the Falcons, um, another bad game for Matt Ryan. Two uh, back-to-back tough fantasy performances from him. Um, and honestly, this next one against the Panthers, I don't know how much I love him either. Um you know, what was probably the biggest storyline of that was Calvin Ridley saw five targets but had zero receptions and zero fantasy points, which is not what owners want out of a presumptive wide receiver one. Um, even with that, though, Calvin Ridley still wide receiver two in standard and wide receiver five in PPR. Um, so, you know, like, it's it's still tough to see that bad game out of Calvin Ridley, though. Uh, but uh, most of the Falcons' offense didn't really produce – um, I'm going to switch back to running backs and then go back to wide receivers. Todd Gurley had two touchdowns this game. And then on top of that, 16 carries for 57 yards. I think he's going to have another good game against the Panthers this week. Um, he's still a sell for me. I think he's a sell for everyone here too. Like he's only going to get older. He's not going to get any better. Um, then back to the wide receivers. Julio is one of those guys who's just been in a tough spot. Jake's an owner. He's been trying to sell Julio in our league, and no one's buying for the price that Jake's looking to get for him. Um, and it's just it, – it's tough because he's battling injury, and you don't want to see him become what A.J. Green's become, where they're just battling injury and declining. I, they've been so intertwined. I've always thought Julio was the more talented one, but, like, now at this point in their careers, they're both on the on the other side of 30. Um, and it's just, it's tough to see, like, I, if I was a Julio owner, I would have been trying to sell for a while now, kind of like Jake. <laughs> um, the only other thing I'd add is Olamide, Olamide Zacchaeus, uh, was actually the Falcons leading receiver from this game. He had nine targets for eight receptions in the 86 yards. Um, I, I don't know what to take from that. Like, I, maybe you guys can help me, but I don't know. Does that mean, like, you like his upside more than Russell Gage at this point? I don't think so, but I just – No. What I took from this game personally was Julio got hurt. He missed the whole second half. So, that's that was that. And then after that, I just think the Packers have a good secondary. 
And I know they haven't been able to stop the run at all, as you saw this game, but um, their secondary is pretty good. And um, I think they planned to just take out Ridley from this game, and they did. He only saw five targets, no receptions. Um, I think that was their game plan going in. I think it, it forced guys like Zacchaeus and um, Russell Gage and Hayden Hurst to try to step up. And they, Zacchaeus did, but not enough to win a game. So uh, I just I still think Russell Gage is the, the, better, the better player to own here. Because um, when Julio's healthy and Ridley doesn't get shut out, he's the fourth – or Zacchaeus is the fourth receiver there. Right, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I just – and probably fifth fifth target behind Hurst as well. And could argue sixth if you want to throw in a running back in there. So I just don't see a, a large amount of production from him. Yeah, I agree. And Gage was coming back off injury this week. So I'd want to see another week of that. Do you know if Julio is supposed to come back this week? I know he's questionable. No, Julio, is, he's not playing this week. Yeah, um, so, I would so be, this – he's. Were you gonna say? He's technically listed as questionable, but he didn't practice all week. They're going to have him warm up. I don't see how he plays. Um, as a Julio owner uh, and a contending team, I want him to sit the next three weeks. For I, I don't care. Be healthy for when I'm in the playoffs. Like That's the only thing that matters to me. Like My team, even if I don't get the bye or – just I just have to make the playoffs, and my team will as long as other pieces don't fall apart. I mean, I already lost Saquon, too. So it's tough, but I just want him to sit the next three weeks and get healthy. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, are we good to um, move on? Yeah. I mean, the only other game we haven't discussed from this week was Steelers and Titans. I guess my words are postponed until week seven. Um, yeah. So. So not much to say there. Um, the Titans, obviously, their facility has been shut down and closed for pretty much the past week. Um, it actually seems like as of this morning that uh, they haven't had another new positive, which is a good sign, and looks like they will be playing on Tuesday versus the Bills, which will force the Bills' next uh, week six game to be – pushed from Thursday to, I think, Saturday or Sunday. I'm not sure what the NFL is doing. But overall, good sign. Their facility, it looks like it's going to open up today or tomorrow. So so moving on, we have the review of the Thursday night game from this week, week five, which was Bucks and Bears. Uh, who, Who wants to start here? I can start with Chicago. Um, this will be generally quick, just because I feel like we reviewed both these teams kind of in their previous analysis. But um, Nick Foles pretty much had an identical game to the week before with around 245 passing yards, one touchdown, one pick. As I mentioned, the big thing I noticed that David Montgomery is getting way more targets. He had seven catches, only for 30 yards. But main thing is Nick Foles is using those running backs a lot. He gets the goal line carry. So I like Montgomery for the rest of the year as an RB2. And, man, Allen Robinson, 16 targets. 16 targets. Foles is just going to him pretty much every play. Um, Neither Mooney or Miller really had a good game. Miller had a bit more yards, but Mooney had one more target. So I don't know what to really take of it. And um, as I mentioned earlier, Jimmy Graham looking better with Foles. He had a touchdown in 33 yards. So that's pretty much the main things I've got out of this game. 
Yeah, yeah, I thought Foles looked pretty bad in the first half. He looked yeah. re- like just missing throws, just completely out of rhythm. But in the second half, he does what he does. He found a way to win the game. So, uh, as a fantasy option, no. <laughs> Not, I guess, as a low-end QB2 in a Superflex league if you really need it. But, uh, hey, Robinson just took a skyrocket. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, if he's going to get 16 targets every week, this dude's going to be a wide receiver one in fantasy for sure. He's going to finish with over a thousand yards again, probably around six, seven, eight touchdowns. And Nick Foles winning games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Yeah. Then just I'll quickly run through the box. I think we really covered the rushing attack and the wide receivers. I mean, Mike Evans got another touchdown. Um. I, I just think the biggest takeaway from this team is I, I think we all just want to see what happens when they're fully healthy. Like, what does Brady have when he has his top four wide receivers in the game and healthy? What does he have when he has both Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette and Keyshawn Vaughn as his, like, running backs? I mean, he's already without um, O.J. Howard, but, like, a healthy Gronk and Brady, like, what are they able to do? Like, I, this offense still has so many big-name players. Like, I, I'm still a believer in them, but it's just they've already been riddled with injuries. Um, and my my other concern is their guards. Like, there's been a lot of penalties against the Bucks for, like, holding and stuff. And, I mean, I, I think granted, they're the most penalized team in the league up to this point. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I don't have the stats in front of me. But, granted, they were, they're against a really tough Bears defense. But I, I think that's going to be the offense's biggest weakness other than injuries is just the, the O-line. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's really all I have to add about this team. Fair enough. One thing I wanted to point out was Tyler Johnson, their, yeah. I believe, sixth-round pick out of Minnesota, had a really nice day, six, six targets, four receptions, 61 yards, made some really impressive plays. He was running over people. He was just really um, – Looking good, and um, this was really his first uh, major action in a game. So it was nice to see because I was a big Tyler Johnson fan in the draft. I thought he was completely undervalued by NFL teams falling all the way to the sixth round. But if, if he could be this, this slot receiver that Brady likes. So I don't know. We'll see what happens when um, Godwin comes back and Evans is more healthy. So overall, solid day for Tyler Johnson. Moving on, we got what we are looking forward to in week five. And the first question is, do the Titans and Bills end up playing? What are you guys' thoughts? Um, obviously, it was in doubt. At first, I didn't think just because the Titans have so many players out with COVID. But it looks like they're going to play on Tuesday. Uh, they didn't have any positive tests Friday or Saturday, which is good. Um, and I hope the game is played just to not complicate things. Um, so hopefully he's played. I don't think they revealed who caught COVID. So that's kind I mean, of the Corey part. Davis went on the uh, COVID yeah, list. Yeah, I know. So Corey Davis is one of them. Yeah, and I think there was a defensive player who was the second, but it was 13 players. I'm interested kind of to see who those 13 were because if it comes out last second on Tuesday night that, like, a fantasy starter was one of those 13 guys, kind of screws you. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I wish we kind of knew who were the players with it. But, I mean, I get medical records are private. 
Yeah, basically exactly what Luna said. I expect them to play at this point. Like, the NFL is a machine. They're just going to turn out the games. Like, if it has to be on Tuesday, it has to be on Tuesday. But I, I think they're going to do whatever it is in their power, barring another big outbreak for them to play the game on Tuesday. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but these are two undefeated teams, and I'm kind of looking forward to this game a little bit. You know, Bill's up-and-coming team – yeah, Bills up and coming, and Titans made the AFC Championship game last year. So, see how that one plays out. I don't um, want to label the Titans as frauds, but I I don't think they're a undefeated worthy team. Like I don't think they're that good. I think they're okay. I think they'll squeeze into the playoffs, but I don't think they're anything special. This is going to be a real test. Yeah. Bills. Yeah. So moving on, this might be a little biased, uh, but I'm looking forward to Giants Cowboys. This is a divisional mm-hmm. game. They always seem to be interesting to me. Um, I don't know if any defense will be, be played in this game. Uh, Giants defense looked pretty decent last week versus the, uh, the Rams, but this Dallas offense puts up 500 yards every week. So, I don't know. Maybe the Giants score more touchdowns in this game than they have the whole season because they've only scored three up to this point. So, they might score three in this game. Yeah. But uh, I think it'll be a fun divisional game to pay attention to. Yeah, I'm actually with you. Like, not, I don't think it's Giants, but I'm really excited to watch this game, both of them, maybe as an Eagles fan. I'm a Giants fan for this weekend. Uh, <laughs> what is it? I'm really interested to see this game. Because this, if Dallas loses this game, or even if it's close, like, if Dallas barely beats the Giants with no Saquon, like, it's not even like they have Saquon Barkley back there, who's their best player. No Saquon, and you lose to them. Who, 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 Jerry Jones. I feel like, I, I don't know, something's going to happen. So I'm interested to see how this game goes. The Giants defense looked pretty good last week. Um, I love Giants receivers for this week. I think Slayton has a great game. I could even see, like, uh, Gordon Tate having a good game. I think this will probably be Evan Ingram's best game of the season and Daniel Jones. Um, So it'll be nice for Giants fans to see your offensive players playing well. It's going to come down to how well can the Cowboys – or how well can the Giants defense contain the Cowboys offense. Obviously, they put up a ton of yards, but a lot of those are playing from behind when their defenses they're playing against are playing prevent. So, I think it'll be a close game throughout. So, I'm really excited for this game. Yeah. Uh, the only thing – I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. Like, if the Cowboys don't beat the Giants, like, blow the doors off the Giants, like, there's no hope on this team for any Super Bowl <laughs> chance. So I'll be ready to concede that point. Super Bowl week. chance on a playoff. <laughs> I mean – No, it, uh, anyone can make the play. I was going to say anyone Washington can Washington football team division. could be 6-10, and 10 and they might be in there. Yeah, I expect a big week from Zeke this week. I think the Cowboys, are, like you said, are going to blow out the Giants, and they're just going to be running the ball with Zeke uh, ahead. So that's that. Um, moving on, we got the Eagles and the Steelers. Uh, Steelers, 3-0, uh, coming off a bye week, COVID bye week. And uh, Eagles off a big win versus the Niners. Do you think Wentz has any chance here, Lunas? So this is going to be a tough matchup because the Steelers' front seven is – the best in the NFL. You could argue they might have the best defense in the NFL. So they're pretty much going to just destroy that O-line, which is already – they lost Jason Peters last week. No Brandon Books, no Dillard. So the Wentz is going to be running for his life a lot, and I wouldn't expect a ton of impact from Miles Sanders. But we saw the Broncos were able to get some passing yards on them, so I'm going to want to see how that looks. But this game, I, I originally come in kind of kind of coming in, I would say like, oh, this is a kind of a must win for the Eagles. But the Eagles can win one game in their first five weeks and still be only half a game out of first place in their division. We still <laughs> haven't played Dallas twice and the Giants twice. So I, I, I don't think this is a must win. 
obviously you want to for kind of your morale. But I'm excited to see it. Um, on the Steelers' side, I, I like Juju a lot for this week. I'm fading Deontay Johnson a little bit. Darius Slay has had a good season so far, and it looks like Slay's going to be on Deontay Johnson on the outside. So I'd be aware of that. And Juju's going to be against the slot corners for the Eagles, which have been really bad this year. So those are my thoughts on the Steelers' side. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add on that. Lewis is the Eagles fan. He covered it pretty well. The only thing I'll say is I think Steelers will gut it out. Yeah, so the last game that at least I'm looking forward to here is Vikings and the Seahawks. Um, like I, we said in the past, the, the Vikings finally figured out if you hand the ball to Dalvin Cook, um, you're, you have a good chance to win the game. So my question is, can Dalvin Cook chew enough clock that Russ doesn't beat them? My, you can do this, yeah. Yeah, my answer is no. <laughs> um, I know we're not supposed to go with game picks, but like the it's it's not really so much the run defense I don't like about the Seahawks, it's the pass defense. And it, but that doesn't go with what the Vikings game plan is. I mean now we, we have seen Justin Jefferson and Thielen play well, but like for the Vikings to win, we all agree that like they really should hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook as much as possible or, or pass it to him. But like however you could get the ball in Dalvin Cook's hands. Um so with that being said, I just think the Seahawks offense is just too overpowered and their defense will be able to do enough where the Vikings will have to really pass the ball to keep up. And what I will say from this game is um, you'll probably see uh, Kirk Cousins, like, you know, second half, like he won't have a lot of fancy points going into the second half. And then he'll have that classic, like garbage time, bunch of passes. Because you, you got to remember, it's prime time Kirk Cousins. Like, I, I don't see the Vikings winning. Fair enough. So, moving on, we have our trending up and trending down section. Um, Lunas, you want to start with your trending up pick of the week? Yeah, we kind of mentioned it earlier in the pod, but T. Higgins' uh, chemistry with Joe Burrow is looking a lot better, especially the past two weeks. And A.J. Green just hasn't done much at all. So, I like T. Higgins a lot. Uh, AJ Green's probably gone after this year if he's not traded at midseason. Uh, they just drafted T. Higgins in the second round. Uh, Burrow looks like he's going to be one of those quarterbacks that just is one of the leaders in passing yards every season. So he's a good part of that offense, especially as the Bengals' offense is only going to be on the rise from here once they improve their O line. So I like T. Higgins a ton. He's really impressed me, especially early on. I wasn't expecting production this quick. Yeah, so. Uh, my I have two trending ups of the week. So one pretty obvious one. If you've been listening to the pod, you know I'm a big Kareem Hunt fan. I think he could arguably is uh, a top five talented back in the league, but uh, been stuck behind Nick Chubb. So now with Nick Chubb going down this week, I think Kareem Hunt is clearly just going to step up. I, I I don't know. I think. I don't rate many players, many running backs above him at this point for the next six weeks moving forward without Nick Chubb. Um, I don't know who you would rate above him besides Kamara, Zeke, um, Cook. I, I don't know who else would be above him at this point. Who do you guys think? Um, I'd throw Aaron Jones in there. Uh, but besides them, he might be the fifth behind them. It's – I'd say it's close between Hunt or Jacobs for that five spot. But I probably have, like you said, Kamara, Cook, uh, Zeke, 
Aaron Jones, and then from there probably either Hunt or Jacobs. Which, if you're if you have Hunt on your team, you were probably only expecting him to be you know a flex play running back two at best, and now you might get running back one production from him for at least the next six weeks, which is a huge huge benefit to your team. The other trending up I had we kind of touched on earlier. Um, it's Damian Harris. Uh, he had a bunch of carries from the Pats this week had 100 yards in his first game back and Sony Michelle is still an IR I know they still have Burkhead there and James White's a passing back but he got the bulk of the carries by a good amount I know it's the New England backfield so it's never um, certain who's really going to get it because one fumble and you're here in Belichick's doghouse so proceed with caution but he's definitely trending up in my opinion yeah, um, those are both really good. Um, so my two who I have are Jarek McKinnon, um, the running back for 49ers. I know he's capitalized on the opportunity without Mostert out, but McKinnon actually has, through the season, has 34 carries for 193 yards, three rushing touchdowns, on top of 13 receptions for 102 yards and a receiving touchdown. And that is better fantasy-wise than Clyde Edwards Alaire, um, which is crazy to think about at the beginning of the season. Um, now, that being said, I know Mostert's coming back, but McKinnon's role is still at receiving back, where I just always see him having that established spot. I mean, I don't have him in my trending down, but Tevin Coleman is easily someone that has put his trending down. Like, he just doesn't have that same role in offense. Um, Jarek McKinnon's been awesome. Uh, it's really nice to see him back um, and performing after two straight years with tough injuries. And he's someone I like going forward through the season, especially with so many running backs hurt. Um, my other one, he's the guy I own. He's the guy I bang my fist on the table. Uh, Justin Herbert, no matter what, drafting him in the first round of the rookie draft. Um, and, you know, we, we already kind of talked about him. He's only behind Cam Newton for most, uh, passing yards through three games uh, in their rookie season. Um, and I don't know what else I really should say. Like, Mike Williams has been out and hurt for most of it. Like, they don't have the greatest offensive line, and Herbert's just out there performing well. Um, my question to you guys is, who would you rather have in Dynasty, Justin Herbert or Jared Goff? That is tough. I'll, I'll start. Um, as a guy that traded away Jared Goff this offseason, um, I, I wasn't a fan. Um, I thought he kind of got exposed last year. Obviously, two years ago, he had a fantastic season. But that was, you know, McVay's first season as, a, as the head coach of the Rams. And I just think last year he really got exposed and teams really figured out this Rams offense a little bit. And it was just not even close to what it was. So I wanted no part of him. I thought the teams will continue to figure out McVeigh until he does something else. He seems to be sticking to his guns and sticking to the same plays, but it's been figured out. And they don't have Todd Gurley as Todd Gurley was when that offense was crazy. He's trending in the wrong direction, as well as being one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. I don't know. I just think it's not a great combination of the two. And Obviously, there's a very small sample size here on Herbert, but he looks really good. Um, it's really close between the two. Um, 
I think both are QB twos right now. Um, I would lean Herbert just because we know what Goff is and the potential of Herbert is there. Yeah, I completely agree with what Jake said at the end. We we know what Goff is at this point. You know what I mean? Like, with just Herbert, though, the, the potential is anything. Um, so, it's – it's um I'd lean Herbert just because he's looked amazing already, and he hasn't even had, like, OTAs or training camp as a starter. He was just kind of thrown in there last second. So, I, I like Herbert more. Yeah, just the fact that you guys said he's better than Goff. Like, Goff, I legitimately think – Justin Herbert is already a QB one dynasty wise um, in our league. And now Jake's giving me the calm down, but I'm going to run through names and you tell me who is better than Justin Herbert. So you have your obvious guys, right? I'll crack out the top five. You got Mahomes, Lamar, Russell Wilson, Dak, and then Kyler, I'd put as five right behind him, Josh Allen. So that's your six. Then Josh Allen's underrated Josh Allen, my boy. Sure, they're, they're close. Regardless, they're all above Justin Herbert. That's all we need to worry about. Wait, who are the top five, you said? Mahomes, Lamar, Russ, Dak, Kyler, and then Josh. Allen. I agree with that ranking. Yeah. Then after that, I have some combination of Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow at seven and eight. And then who else are you telling me is above Justin Herbert? I have him neck and neck with Tua, who hasn't played yet. And it was just drafted. Who hasn't played yet? Yeah. Um, let me let me take a peek at these rankings real quick. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we have we didn't really touch on him a whole lot because they just blew out the Falcons this week, but he's looked amazing. But his age is obviously a big question mark moving forward in the dynasty league. Um, so I'd probably lean Herbert just based on age there. What about um, Cam Newton? Fantasy. I'm still I'm taking Herbert over Cam. It's close. Cause Cam if Cam is up- can stay if Cam can stay healthy, it's it's Cam. He's only thirty one years old. He still has years left. Um he's looked really rejuvenated with New England. Um I really think if he could stay healthy, which is a big question mark for him, obviously, coming off two major injuries. But if he could stay healthy, it's Cam in that situation. Um, who else we got? I I'd take Stafford. I'm a Stafford believer. I think he's very how good. How many years does Stafford have left? Stafford's only 32. Like he probably has at least three years left. I, I don't think I don't think age is the problem with Stafford, but I think I'd probably take Herbert. It depends though. If Stafford leaves Detroit, then it could be Stafford. Well, well, but if he stays I think in Stafford Detroit, does leave Detroit. That's what I'm projecting. I think he does leave Detroit. Detroit's going to be bad, and they're going to want to move on. They, but there's the question of where he goes too. Like you don't know. The Stafford's situation. not going to sign with someone that's not win ready. It's just he knows at this point this it, he's getting to the end of his career. He's not going to sign with the Dolphins. Like let's be or that's a bad example because they drafted Tua. But you know the what Jets. I'm saying. He's not going. Yeah. yeah, he's not going to sign so, with the Jets. But what win ready teams need like like the one like the Lions and Vikings could probably use. I want to see – I would like to see him in Vegas. Um, yes. I could – in Vegas would be an ideal landing spot for him. Um, I can't think of any more off the top of my head. I mean, I think in San Francisco he would be a huge upgrade over Jimmy G, but they're never going to do that. Um, True. But so, see, you're, you're, struggling, you're struggling to get more 
like you're not able to get 12 quarterbacks that are really better than Justin Herbert. If not, like they're in the same conversation. I mean, like, I, like Wentz, we haven't talked about Wentz in this conversation. Um, if Wentz gets an upgraded receiving core, I could see it. And if his team stays healthy, because he's still young and paired with Peterson. Yeah, but we get the idea. He's fringe he's QB10. one. He's fringe QB one at this point. I'll give you that. So moving on to my trending down of the week is Kenny Drake. Um, this Cardinals offense really, after the first two weeks, got really hyped up after beating pretty two bad teams. Um, but now in the past two weeks, it's taken a step back. Like we said in our when we were covering the Cardinals, are they overrated or not? Um, and we kind of said like. As a as an NFL quarterback, not as a fantasy quarterback, because he the rushing yards just give him such a high floor here. But Kyler's really a little iffy and needs to show that he can beat a good team here. Um, luckily for them, they play the Jets this week. But back to my trending down, Kenyon Drake has just not. He's Kyler Murray has more rushing yards than Kenyon Drake, um, and Chase Edmonds has been getting more and more involved. Um, and he's kind of reverting back to what we saw when he was with the Dolphins, you know, just a low yards per carry guy that just needs a lot of either, you know, long plays to, to make his day relevant or score. So I, I think he's trending in the wrong direction for a guy that a lot of people had as a fringe running back one heading into the year. Yeah, I completely agree. He's been disappointing. So we're going to wait and see when he, what he can do later through this season. But I agree with what you said. My trending down was Julio. Um, obviously, if he plays, he's still like a stud. But I think people were expecting like a top seven season out of him this year, and he's dealt with injury issues. And it looks like Calvin Ridley has really taken that step forward. So obviously, if he's healthy, you still play him wide receiver, like probably low and wide receiver one, high in two. And he's still a star, but I'm just saying he's not as good as people thought. Like he's, he's not bad at all, but just I'm talking about what well, expectations. Yeah, and piggybacking off that, like, what I was talking about with Julio, like same thing with the AJ Green. He's my trending down player. Uh, Lewis mentioned it earlier too. Like he hasn't seen a lot of targets. It's looking like Tyler Boyd and T Higgins are kind of taking over that offense, passing the guard kind of situation going on there. Uh, it's sad to see, but uh, I think anyone who had AJ Green during their dynasty um, really enjoyed his good years. Yeah, and so yeah. we have, um, unless anyone else has comments, we have our last segment. Uh, just one question for you guys real quick. Um, yes. Obviously, you're not going to be able to get much for A.J. Green at this point, but if you are a Julio owner, what are you looking to do? What's the move here? Obviously, I'm a Julio owner. I don't, as a contender, I don't think there's really much to do just because you're going to just hope he gets healthy. I, like I said, I'd rather him sit out for three weeks in a row and just get healthy, and then I have him for the playoffs. But do you look to sell him? What's your move here? If, if you're a rebuilding team or you don't – if you don't think you can win the championship, you sell him to a contender. Because when he gets healthy, like he's taking this time to get healthy. When he does, he's still going to be a beast uh, end of season in the playoff push. So, like, if you're a contender, you hold – and uh, he's a freak athlete, so I, I don't know if I can depend on those injuries to continue next year and forward. But if, if, you're, if you don't think you can win a championship, trade him to someone who can. But if you think you can, you keep him. Because he's still Julio. Like, it's still Julio Jones. He's a stud. Exactly what I said. I don't have any. Like, it, that was my thoughts exactly. Fair enough. So, on to our last segment of the day, which is our listener questions. 
Um, if you have any questions for us, you know, trade thoughts, tre- who you guys like, who's trending down for you guys, trending up for you guys, tweet at us at third and 20 underscore at the end. That's at three R D A N D two zero underscore at the end. Um, but our only question of the week is with the, how do you guys value older players with the potential of COVID uh, ending the season? I don't think they will, but end or missing games. Do you guys think there's any effect? Would you want to sell them? Do you think it helps them because they're, they might not get as many um, games played in this year? What are, what are you guys thinking? Um, I, I wouldn't react to that. You got to realize this is the NFL. Money runs everything. They're, they're not going to cancel the season. They're not. Like, if absolute worst-case scenario, they'll maybe take a two-week break. Um, and, again, that's absolute worst-case. So, so no, I, I, don't, I don't anticipate anything like that. Don't overreact to the COVID news. Obviously, you have to keep aware if anyone catches it or if there's a team outbreak. But, no, I, I don't. the season's not going to get canceled. Yeah, and what I'd add on to that is uh, if you have those older players and you're looking to sell them for the value, I think maybe last week, but maybe this week, is probably the best time now to maximize the value. Like, if you have, like, a Todd Gurley – or a David Johnson and, you know, the person that has Saquon or the person that has CMC needs a running back, needs a running back, you know, any other like Eckler, the Eckler owner, like now's the time to sell those guys to those contenders uh, for what you could get for them. Uh, same thing with wide receivers, like the Julio owner might want a different receiver, the AJ Green owner, blah, 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 blah. Um, before, like, as we progress through the season and, and you have those older players, like they're going to get less and less value as people start to look forward to the following rookie class. Cause everyone always thinks they're going to get the next stud from the rookie class. So now is the time to sell. Yeah. I mean, we've been saying this for a long time and I will continue to preach it. Know where your team is expected to finish. Um, if you're not expected to, win a championship, even if you are expected to make the playoffs, if you're not expected to win a championship, you might want to consider selling some of these older players and getting some draft capital or some younger players. And um, it's just one of the most important things is don't get caught up in uh, all the hype. Your team will regress to the average. That's just what is going to happen. We could see it with Kenyon Drake. And as now he had an amazing finish to the year with Arizona and he's kind of regressing back to what we, expected it from him as, from what we saw in Miami. So know your position in the league and don't, don't get too caught up in hype or sell low and stuff like that. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, this wraps up our episode five. Thank you for listening. Um, thanks for keep on tuning into our episodes. We'll be back next week. Reviewing this weekend's slate of games. I'm really excited for. Thank you, Jake and JT. Um, and yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter. Also, we have a whole ton of articles from third and 20 group, um, and a whole bunch of betting and dynasty information. So make sure you follow our Twitter page at third and 20 underscore visit the third and 20 website. All right.